Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack having fun with a world gone crazy. All right, first off, I want to apologize for yesterday. I was in a, uh, I was in a coma. I really was in a coma. What's wrong with your microphone? Anything? There we go. Hello. No, I was in a vacation coma. Oh, you were still like first day back, I, dude. I was driving home and I was like, "Oh God, what's wrong with me?" I was like, ooh, 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 <laughs> "Give me a little piece of cheesecake." It's really hard to get back into the swing of things when you've been off for two weeks, not waking up at three in the morning to wake up at three in the morning again and be functional. Oh, yeah, but that's the best part of the vacation is we're like. There's somewhere in the middle where you don't even know what day it is. Smokestack's like, well, I have to put pants on? What day is it? How do I do my job? What do I do for a living? <laughs> yeah, it was weird. This morning, I'm like, do I have to I have to pick out clothes? <laughs> well, there's a retraining session at noon, so I'm sure oh, you'll be nice. there. All right, so it happened finally. This day, Look, don't get too excited. This is, um, again, all these things are for show. I know that she deserved everything she got. The president of Cla- of uh, Harvard, Claudine Gay, has resigned. First of all, she didn't resign. This is a bunch of crap. This is to make them look good in front of people that go, hey, most of our university is they're brainwashing our kids. We pay $120,000 a year to go to school for, and they're all brainwashed to hate people like anti-Semitism. Yeah, exactly. So now they march her out there. Look, you see, we did something. We did the right. They didn't do anything. Yeah, it's too she, late now. She kept her $900,000 a year. Right. $900,000 a year for a person that plagiarized her way to being a scholar and a president of a, a university that's been around th- since the 1800s, probably the premier Ivy League school in the nation. And she hates everything and everyone. I heard about that, though, the plagiarism. I didn't even dig into that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, right. the nugget. So um, here's the thing. Let me let me tell you. The, the problem for the university was not... The racism. Not right. that Claudine Gay and the other MIT president, which is still at her job, and the one from uh, Penn, University of Pennsylvania that did resign right away, that all said there was no policy in place at any of their Ivy League schools to fight the fact that they taught their kids to hate an entire group of people called Jewish people. No, there's nothing in place. And remember that? They said it's all about context. No, Stefanak said it. It's not about context. You have brainwashed children that are now adults to hate people. And you spend your life preaching against hate. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, we're, we're all oppressed. The black man, the Hispanic man, the brown people. You're, you're, you're all liars. You're all liars. Well, that's why they had to get her on the plagiarism, because they weren't going to fire her for the racism. So they used the plagiarism to make it look like they were doing the right thing about the racism. And the plagiarism is rampant in our schools. I bet you you cannot pull out any president of any university, maybe for maybe except the exception of some of the small universities that actually put out good product. You know, they teach kids things they need to know to succeed in the world. That's very rare these days. But most of them, plagiarism runs rampant in these universities, so don't be surprised. Oh, especially with chat GPT nowadays? Like, if you're not looking specifically for that, pfft, you BS your way to who knows how many degrees. 
Now, Christopher Rufo, who has been a great journalist, he's been after the whole transgender thing, the trafficking. He's been after so much stuff, and he's really a good journalist who actually comes up with his own stories and doesn't comment on other people's stories. He is a pure journalist, is the one that's been pushing this thing along because Harvard University, the first two incidents of plagiarism, they ignored it. Of course they did. They said they did an internal investigation. Well, they missed everything. They even missed the third installment yesterday. Another example, eight more examples of plagiarism by the president of Harvard, Claudine Gay. The complaint highlights eight works of Gay's 2001 article that allegedly lifts almost word for word another scholar, David Cannon's work. David Cannon was a professor at the University of Wisconsin. Claudine Gay used his work, quoted it word for word, and gave him no attribution. None. So here's, let me just give you an example. This is what David Cannon wrote in 1999. I always keep resetting this because I myself cannot believe that this person actually became a president of Harvard University. This is what David Cannon wrote in 1999. Boring stuff, but listen. Listen for the words. The the Voting Rights Act is often cited as one of the most significant pieces of civil rights legislation passed Mm. in our nation's history. The central part of the Voting Rights Act are Section 2 and Section 5. The former prohibits any state or political subdivision from imposing a voting practice that will deny or abridge the right of any citizen of the United States to vote on account of race and color. The latter was opposed only uncovered jurisdictions with the history of past discrimination. That's written by David Cannon, 1999, professor at Wisconsin University. Okay. This is Claudine Gay. The Voting Rights Act of 1965 is often cited as one of the most significant pieces of civil rights legislation passed in our nation's history. The central part of the measure are Sections 2 and Section 5. Section 2 reiterates the guarantees of the 15th Amendment prohibiting any state or political subdivision from adopting voting practices that deny or abridge the right of any citizen of the United States voting on account of race, color. Section 5 opposes only uncovered jurisdictions with history of path of as history of a path of discrimination. So what she does, and every plagiarist does this, they just change little words. Well, not even that. Did you see what she did at the beginning? Is often cited as, and that's her way of saying more than one person has said this. So that way it's like, oh, well, that's general knowledge. I didn't copy it from someone because multiple people have said this before. Except that David Cannon wrote the Voting Rights Act is often cited. She copied him word for word. Then she also... In the footnotes, she steals his footnotes. You know the yeah. things that go at the bottom to uh, you know delineate where the source, where the source came was, from. Yeah, she steals his footnotes, but never ever. She, he's in the bibliography where they show all the people that she yeah. used to research, which is fine. You can research other professors and mm-hmm. other writers, and then come up with your opinion and write about it. But you can't just take everything they do word for word, which is what she did. So she gives him no credit at the bottom. There's no quotation marks in any of the stuff she wrote. And this is the third installment. And this contains eight examples of plagiarism. And Harvard finally had to take action because they would, first of all, it's pressure from the outside. So guess what happens when there's pressure from the outside on a black lesbian woman? Is she black? I mean, is she lesbian? Uh, I'm sure she is. Might as well be at this point. Because that seems to be the only people we hire in our academia these days. Because they got to replace her now, so they have to find another black lesbian female. Well, no, she's, we she's, she's no, she's straight. She's, she's straight. straight. Man. Mm-hmm. Well, now they'll look for another uh, Kareen Pierre 
Mellencamp. So yeah, I'm sure there's a diversity, equity, and inclusion officer that's counting each of the people of a proper shade, and then counting the people and who they like to sleep with, and that's how we'll decide on the staff. That's how they will. And as you've learned on this show, hang on, we need more volume on our jingle. Everything is racist. Everything's because of white supremacy. Everything is racist. And you're a Nazi. All right, so here we go. This is just, this is the way it works. We've done it a million times on this program. Here come the race baiters. This guy's name is Abraham X. Kende, born Abraham Henry Rogers, August 13th, 1982, an American author, professor of anti-racism and activism. I feel like those are opposites. I feel like if you're anti-racist, I feel like if you call yourself an activist, you some, sometimes you're automatically racist. So I feel like those kind of butt heads sometimes. Well, he's a racist. Uh, racist mobs, this is what he wrote on uh, X. Racist mobs won't stop until they topple all black people from positions of power and influence who are not reinforcing the structure of racism. Never mind, Abraham, that the woman uh, could have been anybody. Could have been a dude, a white dude, a yellow dude, a black dude, a brown dude. Could have been any of those people that plagiarized and also said, oh, it's okay to be racist on campus uh, and, and, you know, call for the murdering of Jews. That's okay. He left that all out, but, you know, he says it's because she's black. What these racist mobs are doing should be obvious to any reporter who cares about truth or justice. How dare you use that in one of your sentences when you're saying right here that truth and justice don't matter, Abram? Well, I think we all know that if that was a white man that was president of Harvard, in the middle of the questioning, he would have been resigned to did. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be resigned to did now. Sorry. Bye-bye. They would have had no problem firing a white male because they would have been applauded for firing a white male. At this point, I feel I need to play a little Megyn Kelly. This is good, right? She's hit the nail on the head. All right, here we go. Let me turn down the... Yeah, what is this is, music? I feel like I'm at Pee Wee Herman's It's the racist rave. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, where did I put the Megyn Kelly? Here it is. Megyn Kelly on Claudine Gay. About Harvard President Claudine Gay. She has now officially resigned. She just posted a statement in which she writes, quote, after consultation with members of the corporation, Harvard has this board, uh, it has become clear that it is in the best interests of Harvard for me to resign. Amidst all of this, it has been distressing to have doubt cast on my commitments to confronting hate and to upholding scholarly rigor to bedrock values that are fundamental to who I am. I know she's probably going to say it. I haven't heard this clip yet, but I got to say it first. Seriously? Isn't <laughs> what's the kettle the thing with the black and the kettle? The kettle it's a pot, pot calling the, the kettle, kettle black. black. Academic rigor, really, Miss Claudine Gay? Mm. Academic you copied half your doctoral thesis. People are questioning my academic rigor. And See? then you talk about truth and justice again, you're a big liar? Your whole career's based on fraud? I mean, so is Joe Biden's. Well, absolutely. You see, when you see the president who, like, you can go through all the lies that he's told since the 80s on up, and they're all just blatant. All right, let me, go ahead. When you follow that playbook, and you realize, like, it's the internet now, like, we can double check on it. You think nobody read that boring book, but some people did, and we caught you using half of it. Yeah, no kidding. Here she goes, on. It goes on. And frightening to be subjected to personal attacks and threats fueled by racial animus. 
mean, I neglected to mention in my conversation with Ben, those 11 to 17 articles she's written, like literally every single one of them was about alleged racial animus or what it's like and how hard it is to be a person of color and how bad America is and how disparate the treatment. I mean, okay, to the end, to the end, it's about her race. Yeah, that's all it is. It's about her race. This isn't about anything else. And she brings that into being president of Harvard. That's why you got students coming out of these schools that absolutely are racist. Well, I think that's what she was taught to do. If anybody ever butts heads with you or disagrees with what you think, you as a black woman get to yell racism. Right. And of course, we get the usual race baiters. Uh, I'm sure I'm surprised Ben Crump hasn't said anything. He he usually sticks to like legal issues. But of course, you know who we got out there? Little Al Sharpton. Gay apologized, but soon faced expanding allegations of plagiarism. Harvard's corporation, the school's governing body, stood by President Gay while noting she would be making corrections to prior work. Today, the corporation praised her for remarkable resilience in the face of racist vitriol. Supporters, like the Reverend Al Sharpton, writing, This is an attack on every black woman in this country who's put a crack in the glass ceiling. It is an assault on the health, strength, and future of diversity, equity, and inclusion. They always have to include the glass ceiling comment. Yeah. Every single mm-hmm. time. Because that's what makes her noteworthy is that she's the first person to have this job and we didn't pick her because she's good, but so we could say that she was the first person to have the thing and then we look good, mm-hmm. right? Is that if I were black and I'm Hispanic, but if they said that about my race and they said that the, the you know, you know, you heard, let's say uh, Claudine Gay was, I don't know. Hernando Jimenez and and the university would say, well, yeah, she plagiar he plagiarized and he lied and he uh, his whole doctoral doctoral thesis was a fraud and he's okay with the statement uh, kill all Jews and we were we stand behind him. I would be insulted as a, as a Latino. I'd be insulted that this is what they think of me. That I need them to back me when I know full well right from wrong. As a Hispanic, I know that Hernando Hernando Martinez was a liar. And and a cheater, and he's a racist. Yeah. So, I'm like, don't you? She needs our help. Yeah, don't you find that insulting? Of course it is insulting. Like, if you're the hire just for that reason, it's like, why don't you make a caricature of my heritage and just put that on your brochure? Does that help? Yeah. You know, like me and Jill on the front cover flipping pizzas? Well, that's what Candace Owens says all the time. Candace is like, why are you not more angry at the fact that yeah, they're people making fools think that, of you. Yeah, that you need help, that you can't do this on your own. You should be insulted. The fact that they even bring that up, you should be able to go, no, I should be able to get the job and get hired and be recognized for my own accomplishments because I worked hard and I deserve them. Are people just lacking that much self-respect that you don't care why you wake up and go to work? Is it just so you can be somebody's you know, puppet that makes them look good? Well, it's, it's the same for any race, any subcategory of human. Uh, it, it, it's they all want to make sure not upset the you know not upset anybody, not not be too loud and make people uncomfortable mm-hmm. or have people talk about them uncomfortably. You know all that stuff. That's the, I feel like the offended people nowadays they they don't they're not actually offended. They see that you can get free stuff right. for uh-huh. seeming offended, and then they go, "Well, I can win as long as I just say I'm offended." Yep, and that becomes their reflex for everything. 
All right. So moving on to the economy, five reasons. Now, this is what uh, the Biden administration is going to be touting run up to the election. We are in an election year now. Five reasons to be optimistic. And every reporter on every damn network everywhere is going to be touting how great Bidenomics is, although most people know, which is really comforting to me at least, the polls show that people aren't buying it. They think Bidenomics is a bunch of crap. They don't buy the lie that the economy is so much better. You just don't realize it. No, it's not. Yeah, this, it's still horrible. I just paid $44 for a bag of cat food yesterday. I'm sorry. Isn't it mostly ground up bone and chicken faces? Yeah. That, that's funny, right? Like, you can go to, you know, a, a junk food, fast food place and get a taco for $1.86, but an avocado's three bucks? Wait, stop. You ready for this? Over the break, Elliot was running some errands with me one morning, getting ready for Christmas, and it was like two days before Christmas. And he goes, can we stop at McDonald's? Can I get a milkshake and some french fries? I said, sure, because the kid had been running errands with me all morning. We go through, I kid you not, small fry, small shake, $7.99. I thought she missed, I thought it was a mistake. So we pull around and I go, how much is it? She goes, $7.99. I go, I didn't even get any real food. We got a small fry and a small milkshake. How is it $7.99? It wasn't a Happy Meal. There's no cheeseburger in there. There's no chicken nuggets. There's no... Well, that's how much it is. The shake is three something, and then the fries are two. I'm like, are you? Why don't you just bonk me over the you head? And take my to, wallet. You could be able to get the whole thing, <laughs> the whole muggy. meal for three ninety nine. No, right. seven ninety nine for a small. I couldn't believe it. My, I just, I talked about it the whole way home. I was just flabbergasted. Yeah, I told, I was talking about them two bagel sandwiches for months. I know. Thirty dollars. Thirty dollars. My God. Yeah, that's like, crazy. Just just rob me. Just what? mug me. I'd, at least I'd feel better about like, well, being held at gunpoint and having all my money taken. <laughs> my bag of cat food was $17.99 three years ago. Oh, my gosh. $17.99 is uh, $44 now. $44. Well, that we talked about this before where I'm buying the same groceries I've always purchased in the same, like I have the same budget as I've always had, except now I have a lot less food than I did under the same budget. So then, of course, you're like, well, I still need to buy the same amount of food. So I'm like, why am I so broke when I wasn't three years ago and I'm buying the same stuff? I mean, three, I, three times as expensive. Three times. Over. I saw on um, uh, one of the local news stations this morning, this restaurant, you know, bar place out by UCF after 10 years Closing. has to close. They said their uh, food cost no, to supply the place up 300%. Oh, oh yeah, it. more than that. More than that. I, mean, I remember a case of 15 pound bacon was $17. Now it's 87. That's Wait. insane. Yeah. Yeah, nobody and no matter. And you know when you, you when you when you pass it on to the customer, they start thinking you're gouging. Yeah, and you're not. No, you're like I'm just trying to stay even. I'm not even making any money at this point. I'm just trying to keep the door open. So Karine Jean Pierre, she's the one who uh, you know checks all the boxes, and she's not in there because she knows what she's doing. She's in there because she makes the administration look diverse. So therefore, she doesn't qualify for the job, and she just says what they tell her to say. And sometimes she's challenged by a question, and she'll say, "Well, I'll defer that question to somebody who actually knows what they're talking about." So she was on yesterday on MSNBC saying that you know why you don't feel it? Don't you feel the nice economy just growing back together? Is because you're not paying attention to Bidenomics. You're just dumb. So here she is. So I'm going to get I'm going to be super mindful of 2024 as we're stepping as we're into an, an election year. Look, we understand what the American people went through these past three years. Right. We came out of a pandemic, right? A pandemic that we haven't seen in 100 years. And when the president walked in, the economy was upside down. 
actually, let me refresh your memory. When the president walked in, the current president, and Trump was leaving office, the economy was rebounding like nobody's business. People who lost their jobs during the pandemic actually were being rehired for the same job. So that's where she gets off saying, oh, the president has created 14 million, do- um, 14 million jobs. No, no, he didn't. No, these people is- just went back to work. <laughs> exactly. So that's a bunch of, but here she is. And so we get it. We get that fo- it's going to take a little bit of time for folks to feel what the Bidenomics has been able to do. That's not something that I'm saying. That's something that economists have said. Well, the economists could say till they're blue in the face like Jill and I and Smoke just described. You know it for yourself when you go out and shop. No, prices are much, much higher now. They're up right by 13% from the beginning of Biden's administration, not from when the, uh, you know, the inflation started to happen. I'll get into that ne- later, but uh, go ahead. Right. It takes a little bit of time. If she says right one more time. Oh, I was just about to say, I hate when they go right. I'm like, no, not right. Nothing you're saying is right. Stop saying right. Well, they want you to agree with them because the more I just right, like we're all, yeah, we're no. all agreeing in this general consensus, right? No. No. But doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that the president's not going to continue to work. Okay, the president doesn't know what ice cream he likes. And the he, president has a sunburn for being on vacation for the past seven days. Thank okay? you. Jill had to nudge him on New Year's Eve when he was in the middle of Times Square with Ryan Seacrest, because Ryan Seacrest said, how has the year been? And he said, I ate a chicken lot of chicken parmesan. parmesan. <laughs> Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale of perverts who took a trip to a Caribbean island on Jeffrey Epstein's jet. Old Jeff was a sick and twisted man. He pimped underage girls. And the men who got on his plane run the entire world. They run the whole world. All right, this is entertainment for the masses. I know that this is, to me, it's a very serious case, and it has been for years, and I thought this was the biggest case of the decade, if not the century, because this involves the most powerful people in the world. Oh it's not gosh. just our country. It's it's so humongous. It's so much bigger. Just as, if, as big as you think it is, it's... Bigger than that. Uh, yeah. Big enough to get a billionaire locked in one of the most secure prisons in the nation, but also big enough to have him somehow mysteriously die inside with no evidence and nobody to see it. He and was, the cameras were broken. Well, he yeah. was Hiluigi Clintonellied. She made sure of it because her husband was. Ooh. And then, of course, his people grabbed the body two days after, so nobody can actually check that out. Didn't either. his brother go in there and try to get like medical records? And they're yeah. like, yeah, no, you can't. He's like, but I'm his brother. They're like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Think of how much money Same. that costs. Well, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, his former assistant, she is the um, Sarah Kellen. She's the massage scheduler who oh. scheduled for Bill Clinton many a time. There's pictures of him being massaged by like a 16-year-old girl. Ugh. Is quietly waiting for other the other shoe to drop as the court documents exposing more than 170 people. And don't get too excited because I'm telling you right now, these are going to be people you don't know. This is, again... This is the little. This is when you play with your cat with the laser pointer. This is yeah. what they're doing with you. They want you chasing the little red dot, so you don't see, and they won't tell you who the real heavyweights are. You're Bob getting, Schlitzer, but head of the Schlitzer Corporation. You know him. He was down there doing little girls. It's Bob horrible. Schlitzer Jr. It's just gonna go on. You're gonna go. Who? Who are these people? Yeah, I was this gonna is, say this is just the. They're gonna give us the nobody list and then keep the juice for. Later, no, no, they'll what? throw in a couple of juicy ones. My guess is Bill Clinton, which we already know. Bill Gates, we Bill already know. Gates, and they'll throw in one more. Jeff, well, just they might even they might even throw in a couple of celebrities. I saw somebody yesterday say, "Be prepared to have one of your favorite people in Hollywood that you look up to fall from grace because nobody should be exempt from this." So you might see someone on the list and be like, "Oh, damn!" I, I, isn't Kevin Spacey on there? 
That was a rumor, yeah. He just went through his whole thing where, like, three of his accusers just wound up undead or just deaded. Well, no, remember the one mysteriously. He got, he got, uh, he got released. Not released. What's the word I'm looking for? Not pardoned, but one of the kids, who's the little redhead from Rent, when he was younger, he says that uh, Kevin Spacey molested him, and Kevin used the excuse of, "Well, I was an alcoholic back then, so I don't even remember." So if I did, I'm sorry. And it's like, oh, okay. It's amazing, isn't it? So anyway, uh, Sarah Kellen, 44, who allegedly scheduled the massages which Epstein sexually abused his victims, is waiting to see what happens when these names come. Comes out. She says it's going to be a bombshell document. I hate to disappoint you, Sarah Callen, but it's not what you think it is. I mean, I may be wrong. God, if I'm wrong, I'm I'm happy as hell. But think of the position Sarah is in. Let's say Sarah has had an epiphany and she wants to come forward and be like, "Yeah, I was this thing," and blah blah blah. She's probably fearing for her life for everyone. Going, oh no! Don't say anything. She goes on to say here she has a front. She had a front row seat to the debauchery and what she knows would shock the world. And I believe her. She probably has a target on her back. She's like, I can't say anything. Someone will kill me. Everybody has. I mean, look at all the people that were just dead silent at this whole Epstein thing. Like, oh, no. everybody kept their mouth shut. That costs a lot of money, and that's a lot of dangerous power when you have that many people willing to go, I didn't show up to work, and the cameras weren't on, and I have nothing to say about it. I saw the other day, and I forget the position that this exact person was in, but they were, I don't know if they worked for the island. It was, it had to do with the Epstein case. They were, are you ready for this? Shot in the head and shot twice in the chest with a shotgun and it was ruled a suicide. Now, riddle me that. How, yeah, how does that happen? <laughs> wow, very flexible. Uh, but the big one, of course, is going to be Clinton. That'll be your little toy to play with. Gutfell even said 50 mentions in the document. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's a lot of frequent flyer miles to Pedo Island. But many of those 50 instances reportedly pop up only in conversation, specifically whether or not to subpoena Clinton as part of an old lawsuit. However, one of Epstein's victims says she actually saw Bill Clinton go off into the night with a beautiful woman on each arm. Hmm, a beautiful woman on each arm. Well, I guess we know it wasn't Hillary and Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. But what's going to happen when it comes out? Is Hillary going to have to confront him? I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like, is she going to be the stern face again where she's like, you sit down there and you think about well, what you've done. I mean, um, how many excuses can you come up with? for How many times did he go? Like 30? 50. Well, 50? Yeah, I mean, that's 50 excuses you got to yeah, pull out. Maybe he hires some service. Have you been busted going to Epstein Island and you want to clear your name? Then you need the Bill Clinton Epstein Island excuse generator. Honey, why is your name on the flight log to Epstein Island? Um, There's a perfectly normal explanation. Let me make this clear. I had a layover on the way to Disney World. Yeah, that's the ticket. I don't believe you, honey. You'll love the Bill Clinton Epstein Island excuse generator. No? Well, how about this? I went to Epstein Island to get a pair of Air Jordan 11s with the patent leather. They're the only ones who had my size. Nice try. The Bill Clinton Epstein Island excuse generator. Hillary sent me to Epstein Island for eggs and milk. They have cheap eggs and milk there. Hillary? What are you talking about? Try it today. Oh my God, don't follow that! Follow the Rick Stacy Morning Show on Instagram at the Rick Stacy Morning Show. I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife Abby, my sister Amanda, and I talk honestly 
about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. Cuckoo! Crazy Talk brought to you by All Electric Services. All right, so you've heard of dry January. Forget that. There's something else that January is embarking upon. Who comes up with this stuff? I don't know. Bored people. Okay. Um, it's called January. <laughs> so what is that? Not shaving? Yeah, remember No Shave November for dudes? Yeah. This is like No Shave November for chicks, but in January. So it's January. So what are, you, what are you not shaving? I guess you're encouraged to skip shaving, waxing, plucking. I don't want to look like a Sasquatch, so I'm not going to partake in that. But, I mean, if that's what your thing, go for it. Who am I to judge you? I just feel icky if I have, like, the hair growing underneath my armpits. And if you want to grow it out and be like Madonna's daughter, knock yourself out. That's fine. I don't want to have hair under my arms. So if you're braiding your leg hair, does your husband have a problem with it? I know, and I have to shave my legs. Look. Some people, this is going to be an unpopular opinion. Some Gee, pe- welcome to the show. Some people say, why don't you just cut the laser hair removal and you never have to shave again? Shaving isn't that big of an inconvenience to me. It doesn't take me 20 minutes to shave in the shower. It takes me about four, if that. I'm fine with it. It doesn't bother me. It's not that big. I, I'm, not, 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 I'm not put out by it. You're not going to do one of those like radioactive chemical things that just pulls the hair oh, yeah, off my, and you just wipe it right off? My wife came up with the Christmas present she wants. She wants one of these hair removal things, machines. Oh, the uh-huh. laser one that just cooks know. it off of you? I think so. I don't know. Whatever it is. The new one, yeah. Or they so. have that one that says it gently whisks hair away, but you can tell it just rips them out That fast. was the Epa lady, and it was a big, fat lie. You want to know why? The Epa lady was a liar. It was that circular thing that looked like a looked like a slinky. Around, it's tiny slinky, and you turned it on, and from the front of it, it looked like an electric razor, and you were supposed to just run it on your leg. But the problem was, you had to let your leg hair grow out really long in order for it to work. You oh, couldn't; It wouldn't work with stubble. What does it do? Grab your hair and pull so it out? So it grabs the hair, and they said it painlessly yanks it out. Yeah, they That's whisk it away. It gently BS. whisks hair away. B.S. No, it's a hair puller. It just rips them out. Uh, you might as well have a little fairy with some tweezers just yanking each individual hair out on your legs. It probably oh. feel exactly the same. Yeah, or a belt sander. It's kind I of the same thing. It just some shaving cream, a razor. 60 seconds, I'm done. I, I just don't... Yeah, but don't just slice yourself on the ankle. Like. I mean, I've been doing it long enough to not do that, but if it happens every so often, it's not... I'm not cutting my... It's not a jugular. It's not an artery. I'll be fine. How high up the leg do you guys go? Uh, it depends on how lazy I am. Depends Sometimes on what I her go, husband's mood is that day. If I go, if I'm going to be at the beach or out in the sun, I'll go. I'll go all the way up to the hips. But yeah. if it's if it's just like in the winter time, like now, and just maybe the bottom of my calf's going to be hanging out, I'll just go so, mid thigh. The knee is tricky. Now, if you haven't shaved for two days and you come home and your husband goes, hey, you're looking good. Where do you go? Run right there and start? No, my husband knows. There's been times we'll be sitting on the couch, you Designated know. Designated days? No, no, And I'll put my legs up on over his legs and he'll go to put his hand. Like, we're just watching TV. And he'll be like, wow, little, little gruffy down here <laughs> on my leg, pear. like on my, on, my, on, my, on my shin. I'll go, yeah, I'll shave, I'll shave later. He's like, it's fine. He doesn't care. Just don't touch my back because I haven't shaved that yet either. <laughs> you know, I would hope I wouldn't have to shave my back. That Dude, would be. So some of my friends, like they look like they still got a sweater on. Take them to the beach. Just Dude, although- when, I, when I got divorced, the best thing I did was the uh, waxing the back. Oh, were you oh. like oh, Steve Carell so- and 40-year-old virgin? No, no. I, I wish I had that kind of hair. No, it's just felt because I never knew I had hair back there. When she waxed yeah. it and showed me the sheet, I was like, 
Oh, God. Maybe do you still wax? Like no, nah, I don't do it anymore, but I'd right. love to. It's just, you know, it's time consuming and it's oh, oh, painful. It is, especially when you got that much fur. I had an old roommate. He'd be like, hey, man, I got a date tonight. You think you could hit the back real oh, quick? Oh, that's you friendship. You waxed his back? That's no, I didn't nice. wax it. I, you shave it. But you what have to a good it. friend. Oh, d- really? That's oh, so no, nice. I'm too homophobic for that. Are you? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's like shearing a sheep. I might do the sheet. The little, like the, uh, you know, the pulling, yeah, wax and yank. Yeah. Cause just because it causes pain, that might be enjoyable. When you have to do it the opposite direction of the hair and you have yeah. to pull the skin tight. Yeah. yeah, see, you'd have to crisscross. Like you're mowing a lawn, go diagonally one way and then you go diagonally yeah. the other. I did a commercials one time for a waxing place. It's no longer in business. Shocker. I'm but, still stunned, but go ahead. So, and she, I got all this free waxing stuff. And so I was kind of perplexed, like, what am I going to what am I going to get? So she said, well, I could do your <laughs> your nostrils. And I thought, Oh, I love that. Oh, no okay. way. That's, that's a bad idea. So no, it's it, good. it doesn't go all the way up in your nostrils. No. It's just the surface right here. So I said, I'm intrigued. How does that go? They just do the rim? <laughs> so they take the, a Q-tip and dip it in the wax and they leave yep. it in there. So you have these two Q-tips just then, sticking out of your nose like a walrus. Ooh. And then they just yank it out. Your eyes water for a second. Yeah. The it ears was, are the best. Yeah, and she'll do ears oh. for men. But can I tell you this? I had asked her, said, so you wax everything here, right? Like Uh-oh. they do Brazilian waxes and stuff like that. She goes, oh, everything. I've Spread seen everything. Your cheeks. <laughs> so I say, what do you do when like dudes come in here? She goes, oh, you know how many sacks I've waxed? <laughs> I'm like, are you Sack serious? Wax? So then I couldn't. That's got to hurt. So now I have to question. Now it's an interrogation because I have to know everything. So I'm like, so tell me about that. Is that, are you not, are they embarrassed? Are you embarrassed? She goes, yeah. It's kind of like a doctor. You've seen all of them, so it doesn't. So I said, so what do you do? She goes, I tell them to get on all fours. And bite down. No, I'm not even kidding. Sometimes it's on your back and you do the happy baby pose like you're in yoga where you grab your feet. Oh. And then sometimes. Can you imagine they fart while you're going to put the wax <laughs> on or something? I had so many logistical questions, but it was fascinating to well, me. Well, there's people that do bleaching. What do you, yeah. what do you pay for something like that? Our deluxe uh, I wouldn't know. $49.99? waxes, $50? Oh, no. Now you can get, I can't believe I'm talking about this. Now, because I see it online. And I have some friends that are in the world of aesthetics, facials and stuff. Uh-huh. They have something called a vajacial. Yeah, I saw I'm that. sorry, what? Is that after the steaming or before? Yes, it's a facial for your hoo-hoo. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know why, but it is. Wow, it looks so much younger. <laughs> Took at least 10 years off. Wow, it's amazing. <laughs> I don't even recognize it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you could do the waxing. If she starts doing his pubes, I'm out of here. <laughs> I look good after this, man. I Thanks, still man. can't get over. So him. ready? Yeah. It's me. So. Oh, you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's just your job. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best part of that whole movie. Ouch. So I don't know if you guys know this, but the other day, Steamboat Willie became public domain, which means just like the Winnie the Pooh movie, the horror movie, they can start making creations and using the likeness of Steamboat Willie. Steamboat Willie. A.K.A. Mickey Mouse back in the day, right? So now... Rick, did you see him in the theater? Anyway, Jill, go ahead. <laughs> Hold on. The shade is so dark, I can't read the story. <laughs> so there's a new Sorry. movie out. It's called Mickey's Mouse 
trap. Now, let me set okay. the scene for you, just so you know. Picture like a... Um, it's an arcade of sorts. It's got... It's the Final Destination cast. Is this like the Winnie the Pooh thing? Yes, it's exactly like that, but you won't know a single person in the movie. Doesn't matter. It's you know, it's all B actors, maybe even C. They're just very excited because they're going to be in the new Mickey Mouse <laughs> horror movie. It's Sharknado extras. It's exactly what it is. And Mickey Mouse, who of course, it's the likeness of Mickey Mouse. It's just a creepy, just like the Winnie the Pooh, a yeah. creepy Mickey Mouse mask goes through at night where these kids think they're cool because they lock themselves in this arcade. And Mickey goes on a killing spree. Yeah. Whoa. Here's a little bit of the... Uh, you have the trailer? Yeah, It just yeah. came out. That's why I'm excited about it. Yeah, she's walking along the outside sidewalk of a strip mall. Inside the store is another girl going... Put the phone down, please! I was like, dude, I've already Put the phone down because Mickey's right behind her. And she comes into the store and he slices her! I'll be right back. And he's dead. What? Like if he was in a horror movie, you'd never say, I'll be right back. Because then you don't. Yes! Because, you know, he's right. And so she's gone. We learned that in Scream. They're waiting for her so they can go home or wherever they're going to go. She doesn't come back. He right. says, I'll go look for her. And he says, well. I'll be right back. You'll never be right back. Where the hell did he go? They're in the arcade now. Mickey's in there. Oh, he done. Spooky noises. This is my kind of movie because I could sit there on the edge of the couch, just you know, swing you know back what? and forth. They're in this movie <laughs> that a couple people will probably watch. I know my son will probably love it. I don't know how many people saw Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, but it was really Blood and Honey. <laughs> there is one scene you saw it, Rick. Yeah. And it's the same kind of scenario. In the pool? Yeah. Oh, There's mama. one room. It's an indoor pool, and there's yeah. one door in and out. Yeah, of course. So she goes, runs in. He runs in after her. Now, instead of running around the pool, she jumps in. Right. That's the way to get away. And through then the he... drain. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a car running with the door open next to her. That's so ridiculous. But they're great. If you like cheesy horror movies, that's probably for you. Uh, remember the Burger King cook who never missed a day of work for almost 30 years? And Burger King decided to give him like a keychain, a oh, piece of yeah. chocolate. They're like, here's five dollars off your next whopper, loser. No, man, they gave him a roll of lifesavers. Oh, pfft. and this- he was grateful. The sweet oh. man was like, you know, that's so nice. My kid'll like this. My grandkids are like, like he was so nice. So everyone was like, this is BS. The We're most st- humble human being I've ever seen anywhere. Yeah, so they started a GoFundMe for him. Uh, it raised more than $400,000 and nice. he was able to buy his first house. Wow. And it's a very humble house. It was uh, 846 square feet, three bedroom, two bath. Uh, oh. So he was really excited. So he came out and said, look, I thank you for the, the GoFundMe. I'm able to afford this house and uh, I'm super happy for him. So I like to hear a happy ending when, when things like that happen. All right, here's something that's not probably going to end too happy because this is crazy driverless cars this is just going to add to the insane asylum that the state of california has become oh yeah it's bad over there driverless cars are now immune from traffic tickets under a new california law how no 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 because, if anything it should be the other way around because the ev companies that are dying on the vine are giving money to the campaign coffers of people like gavin newsom so they have to pay him back somehow yeah but Isn't don't it? us people give enough money to these people to where like maybe i should not be at fault for every accident and the machine that's supposed to be perfect at doing the driving 
They don't care about you. Yeah, and they don't care about blame. But if you want to get off from other things and you're like, oh, God, I mean, there's a, there's a place you can go for that. Have you got a traffic ticket and you just want it to go away? Then blame it on a self-driving car. Yes, the law offices of Dewey Self and Drive em will blame whatever went wrong on a self-driving car. I got busted going 90 miles an hour in a 35-mile-an-hour zone, and I just said I was in a self-driving car, and the ticket went away. It sure did. Yes, no matter the crime, I'll blame it on a self-driving car. All right, order, order. Sir, your client is accused of stealing 600 pairs of Air Jordans and putting them in a trunk and driving them across state lines to sell outside a footlocker. A self-driving car did it, Your Honor. Say no more. Case dismissed. So what are you waiting for? Blame every crime on a self-driving car with the law officers of Dewey Self and Drive them. Making the law work for you. Say habla espanol. I know. It's crazy, right? Crazy talk. <laughs> you must think I'm stupid. Now, here's Rick, Jill, and Smokestacks. Little tension at the fast food restaurants lately. I don't know what's going on here at Chipotle. Ooh. There's always seems to be something going on there. A warrant for the arrest of a man and woman in Lancaster County, North Carolina, was issued after they stand accused of assaulting a Chipotle employee, allegedly for having to the gall to charge them because they asked for extra chicken. Of course it's extra. They charge you extra for everything. Yeah, you been Why anywhere you lately? Like Poli- salt, 50 cents. <laughs> Police-, <laughs> Police say the couple identified as Jamal Bernard Williams and Kayla Nicole Pyle had a heated discussion with a 20-year-old employee after she informed them that the extra protein would cost more. Of course, but that's reasonable, I think. I could see if you're like, can I have a ketchup packet? And they charge you. It's extra meat. You mean you don't expect to be charged for the most expensive thing in your order? Mm-hmm. Well, these uh, Jamal and uh, Kayla were upset. They pushed the worker to the floor and approached the suspect, tried to push her again, began hitting her, pulling her hair, and jerking her around. The incident allegedly happened just a few weeks ago, but the arrest warrant was finally issued yesterday, and they're coming after them. What's the matter with people? I don't know. Here's another one. A pastor in North Carolina was arrested this week. A pastor. He was ass- he was assaulting uh, he assaulted someone who was working with his wife at McDonald's. He punched him, put his hand on their neck, and pushed their head toward the deep fryer. Oh, I will deep fry your face. Whoa, dude! Fifty-seven year old pastor in North Carolina named Dwayne Waden was arrested. <laughs> Deep fry your face. You insult my woman, I deep fry your face. That's Extra serious. crispy. That's serious. New, Me- New Mexico, you think they would have passed this law years ago. You know what necrophilia is, right? Having oh. sex with dead people? Yeah. Oh, my. Mexico State Representative Stephanie Lord, who I've never heard of, probably needs some notoriety, so she wants to pass some laws. Found one that wasn't passed, and she just put her paws on this. She introduced a bill making it a crime to engage in necrophilia in the state. You mean it's not? It's not currently illegal in New Mexico to have sex with a dead person. How? I mean, not to think the worst of people, but you figure New Mexico has been around for a while. It, Surely well, somebody's been caught for that. I don't know if you know this. But you think the judge was like, well, I mean, it's not in the book. Let them out. <laughs> they do. They have to. Last what? year. The, yeah. with Yeah. To this point, they can't do anything. Can't unless you, you make something up? Jeez. I mean, if you break into the funeral home uh, or you if you work there, Is you there can a, get fired. A, 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 a corpse mutilation or desecration? Isn't that a thing? They didn't mutilate the corpse. They were making sweet well, love to it. Doing something <laughs> bad to it. I mean, did you get the corpse consent? Because I don't think that you did. Last year, the legislature unanimously oh. approved a law that wasn't in the books either. Bestiality. 
Who's, I mean, not, it, it seems like you shouldn't have to write these down. <laughs> then somebody needs to go through the laws in New Mexico. What, I, what? I know, like you said, you don't feel like you need to, but when you hear this, you're like, how did we get this far oh and nobody? Gosh. All right. I got a question for you two and for you listening. Okay. Um, every time you hear that an old person, a senior got scammed, you feel bad for them, right? Yeah, because sometimes yeah. they're, I mean, they're but not always the in their right mind and they sometimes can be a little naive and go, okay, you know. All right. So, um, and I feel the same way, except it's just getting to the point. Now, and at the diner, we get a lot of people that are in their 60s and 70s. Well, 60s is, I and, don't think 60s is old. And sometimes I, I, I met a guy the other day. I met a guy this weekend. He's 72 years old. He's got 11 motorcycles. Just built a house where the entire underneath of his house is all a motorcycle shop. Wow. Whoa. He's got a hot tub on the second floor. This is a brand new house. Wow. No, no, yeah. So, I mean, and the guy is like uh, Wiley Coyote. He's like the rudeness, tootness, you know. Yeah. And um, I'm thinking that people are younger mentally now than they were perhaps in the past. I, I agree. Think somebody who was 45 to 50 years ago would be considered old. Old. I don't think that's the case anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's it's time to start thinking. And again, it's like Jill said, depends on the person and you know what illnesses they've had or what. Well, it's you your, your health, your mental health, your physical health. And I also think it's how you're brought up. Like exactly. your, your education, your intelligence, your street smarts. So when I hear these stories, I'm, I'm beginning to think... Let's put the age aside for a minute because sometimes this is just dumb. Sorry. It's just okay. It's so ignorance in the nicest form of the word, not being mean, but like you just don't know any better. People fall for the dumbest crap ever. Somebody calls you on the phone and asks you to go out and buy gift cards from Target and give them the serial numbers because you owe money to them, whatever agency they say they are that's about to call the police. I yeah, owe you IRA. money and you accept the form of Target gift cards as payment? Exactly. That's you don't the even... part where I fall off and don't feel <laughs> I'm bad. I'm sorry. Okay, so this woman, Nina Kamazi, she's 77 years old. Um, I don't have her audio, but they show some video of her. She doesn't look 77. She looks like 61, 62, and she's moving. She's at a party. She's, you know. My parents are 77. You know how lively they are. Yeah, it's like, okay, this couple was uh, scammed out of $62,000, her entire savings. What? And her, her daughter's like brokenhearted, and I get that. It's really you think painful. After- it's really hard to see your parents go through this. Nina Kamazi and Diane Durham say it took an email and hundreds of gift cards to wipe out their parents' life savings. Free accounts were drained of... $62,900. The two sisters say it was right before Christmas when the scam devastated their Gwinnett County parents and their whole family. Even in their confusion, they're feeling shame and and depression. It started with an email to their 77-year-old father that looked a lot like this one. The FTC has seen an increase in scammers who pretend to work for Geek Squad. So they'll send you the email, they'll say you owe this money, and if you don't owe the money, we're going to file a complaint against you. I mean, they make up crap. File, go And then they it. say the only way out of it is you go get some a target I'm sorry my mom was died at 93 she wouldn't have fell for that no no and she had dementia yeah. but 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 it's like now check her money order that sounds more official target gift cards I not only that iTunes gift cards please go get me some iTunes gift cards no, people the still buy iTunes well the geek cards. squad was with Best Buy why would they ask for gift cards to a different store like Target got some stuff that they don't and the guy's never done any business the, the, the couple has never done any business with either Target or uh, geek squad so it's like 
Yeah. Sometimes you just got to go, you know what? You're just dumb. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, it's $62,000, too. I mean, you think after the first maybe $2,000, you'd go, all right, something seems Dude, suspicious. It w- and it wasn't one installment. It was like 60, gift, 50 gift cards. It wasn't like it just happened all. They, they kept ridiculous. calling them. And then the clerk's like, wow, busy Christmas at your house. I oh, almost okay. got scammed. And then I saw another person. I'm smarter. I question everything now to the you point where to. if it's legit, I'm like, they'll find me eventually if yeah. it's legit. I'll wait for the subpoena. I don't care. But I got a text <laughs> and I was waiting for UPS delivery. And I got a text that says your UPS delivery can't be delivered. Uh, click on oh, this yeah. link to verify your yeah. address. Don't ever click. Yeah. Yeah. So I look at it. And I'm like, not today, Satan. Delete. And then I go on Facebook and I saw about four other people yeah. that had the same exact word for word because it's from someone like Renee. I'm like, so just random Renee is texting you- me from UPS? Okay. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, the scams are everywhere. Yep. And especially now it's in like election year. You guys been getting those phone calls? Yeah. Well, not even that. You have to be so careful with AI because we have talked about this before. I can get a phone call say, it'll show up as my son and it'll say Elliot and I'll answer and it'll be Elliot's voice. They're saying, and they'll say, mom, and then they'll someone will say that they have them and you need to send money, and it's terrifying as a parent. Yeah. And so what you're supposed to do is immediately hang up and call back that phone. Yeah. And Because nine times out of ten when they did it, well, almost all the times, but they did it, and they called back, and they're like, oh, my God, are you okay? And they're like, what are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, exactly. I just got a phone call from you that said yeah. you were taking, no, I'm at grandma's house. What do you mean? And it's like, holy cow. Yeah, see, my friends and family know that I don't have any money to give, so I'm not (laughs) expecting that call at all. Also, there's another one out there that says, they'll say, hey, can you hear me? And they want you to say yes, so they can record your voice saying yes, Yes. so Uh they can use it for other things. I always answer the phone with, meow. And they'll they'll do it several times so they get different yeses, too. Right, so just hang up. So, yeah, and then then the other side of the coin happened to me last week. I had a doctor's appointment I've been waiting for forever. Yeah. A lady calls me out of the blue, and I've forgotten about the appointment. She goes, look, I just called to verify that you're coming, and uh, can I have your blah, blah number? You're like, screw you! Yeah, yeah, I didn't say screw you. I just said, no, 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 I don't just give out my identity on the phone. I'll call you back. So I hung up Smart. three seconds later, go to my Gmail, cancel the appointment. I called her, but oh. I ripped her a new one. I said, really? I go, with all the identity fraud going on, you got pissed because I told you I'm not going to give you my social over wow. the phone? Wow. Yeah. She, she was like, well, you know, you, you acted like you did. Uh, shut up. You anyway, know what I like to do lately what? is when I get the scam call, I'll go through and I'll add a, a call so it's like a three-way call, and I'll call and the other scammer that other. called me earlier in the day. Yeah, and I merge the calls and just put mine on mute and listen to them. Hello. Hello. Can I interest you? Can I interest you? And then they start going back and forth. Wow. You've got a lot of no time. time. <laughs> Finally, remember the lady that pulled her boobs out in the middle of the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans? Yeah, I oh. heard about that the other yeah. day. She's Big, like, nobody saw me. I was only in a stadium full of people. Big, huge plastic boobs. ESPN uh, apologized Monday night for a video clip of that woman bearing her breasts. Uh, it was aired coming out of the commercials. Uh, I mean, I saw it. Uh, it was during the uh, halftime. Uh, they said, we regret that this happened and apologize. That the, you know these people that are apologizing were in the control room. Go ahead, man. Roll it again. Roll it again. Wow, look at those. You got that right, mister. Yeah, it was a big. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> we have to apologize. I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> hey, we're really sorry and apologize to our viewers for the obscene gestures made by some woman in the crowd. Well, they were probably thinking, if we got to look at Taylor Swift drinking her cranberry and vodka every five seconds watching football, we could stare at some boobs. Yeah. And we return to the action where the quarterback takes the snap. He drops back and, oh, wow. Look at those. Mm. You all right, Jimmy? (laughs) I'm good. I'm really good.
Anyway, what's going on in the game? The quarterback just threw a touchdown, Jimmy. Nice. And they're setting up for the extra point. And oh, wow. Mm, is that a piercing? Naughty. So naughty. Jimmy, focus, please. Oh, I'm focused, all right. Oh, oh, oh me like Bar from the action coming up. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. They're just having fun in a world that's gone cuckoo. 105.9 Sunny FM. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. Claudine Gay of Harvard University, the president, has resigned, but that's a big, that's a big lie. That's just, that's just to appease people. I hope you realize. Did they give her a different position? No, she's going back to be part of the uh, staff of uh, being a professor there. She doesn't even lose an ounce of her salary. So they're demoting her? So she still gets to work there and make the same money she did as president? I thought they she was bye-bye. Oh, no. so they're changing her title just to wiggle out of this whole thing. $900,000 a year to indoctrinate mushy-brained 18-year-olds into hating a whole bunch of people like the Jews and asking for their extermination. Oh, come on! That's what they're paying her for. These people are incredulous. I mean, it's just, it, it blows the mind uh-uh. that they think that we're that stupid that we don't see what evil people these people are. Remember, there's a hundred professors at Harvard that wrote a letter to Claudine Gay and said, you need to stand behind Hamas and the Palestinians. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether you stand behind them or not. It's just a mentality that that focuses on at Harvard University and all the Ivy League schools. That you spend mil- people spend millions of dollars sending their children there, thinking they're getting the best education. That's far gone. That bus left the station. It's an indoctrination center. It's far left radicals who hate this country. They hate you and your lifestyle, and they want to transform this country into a tyrannical communist, you know, wow, fantasy land. Anyway. Oh. I can't believe she gets to keep a job. Isn't that amazing? Megan Kelly had something to say about this. Megan Kelly, 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 Ma 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 Megan Kelly. Hit it, President Claudine Gay. She has now officially resigned. She just posted a statement in which she writes, quote, after consultation with members of the corporation, Harvard has this board, uh, it has become clear that it is in the best interests of Harvard for me to resign. Amidst all of this, it has been distressing to have doubt cast on my commitments to confronting hate and to upholding scholarly rigor. Scholarly rigor. Yesterday was the (laughs) third installment of the plagiarism that uh, Claudine Gay engaged in. And I understand plagiarism runs rampant in our upper level education, academia, but uh, she is something else. Copied word for word, one scholar, one professor, other universities, uh, you know, academics, word for word, given no attribution anywhere on the pages. And it goes on and on and on. Her entire doctoral dissertation was pretty much a fraud, but she was president. And what's most important is she had the right skin color and the right genitals. And that's what it comes down to. That sounds ridiculous. And if you never heard the show before, you must think, wow, these people are nuts. Big racist. You no. know, if that was a white guy, they'd be like, fire him down with the patriarchy. Yeah. So uh, so that's what happened. Megan Kelly, a little bit more. To bedrock values that are fundamental to who I am. And frightening to be subjected to personal attacks and threats fueled by racial animus. Yeah, everything's about racism. So now apparently... 
what she's saying is that, and so is Al Sharpton, and so is this other guy, Ibram, he's another intellectual from Wisconsin University, are saying that because she's black and she's female, she should be able to break all the laws, do whatever she wants, break all the policies of the university, copy everybody, don't attribute any of the articles that she wrote, she says, to anybody else, even though she copied them word for word. She, all that should be pushed aside simply because of her skin color. Well, that's what these race-baiting lawyers do. They thrive on that. You're a black female. If anyone disagrees with you or thinks you did anything wrong, we call them racist. That's right. Ramaswamy, I love the guy. I know that uh, he's not going to make it. Uh, he was CNN's not even putting him in their town hall. He's challenging that. But uh, I, every time he speaks, I'm like, you know what? He's telling the absolute truth. Oh no, he's not. The media's not that. Yeah, they are. Vivek, Vivek. What did you say? Vivek. 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 Like a rake, but Vivek. Vivek. I Vivek my lawn. Vivek uh, Ramaswamy um, was in front of an NBC reporter. And, of course, they're doing the same thing they always do, you know, because 99% of everybody on NBC is a Democrat. Is that where they ask him a question and then they talk over him while he tries right. to answer? They don't ask a question. They do a speech. Gotcha. And, and then they don't let him answer. Well, he had it and he blew up at him. I want, I want to have a conversation because the historical pattern with the media is lie, lie, lie again. When proven to have lied, hide from accountability. Mm. From the Hunter Biden laptop story to the origin of COVID to... The Trump-Russia collusion hoax that never was. I'm still waiting for one honest anchor in the mainstream media to just look their own audience in the eye and say, hey, I apologize. We lied to you, we got it wrong, and we'll never have this happen again. I challenge your guy, Alex, who likes to write, you know, I would say clickbaity headlines to say at least you're from a new generation of leadership. Go ahead and step up and maybe you can do it. Or maybe, Catherine, I'd bet on you sooner to do it. But somebody needs to actually, from the next generation, heal that divide of trust between the media and the people to at least rebuild trust with the American public to say, here's the narrative we've set, here's where we were proven wrong, and here's where we own accountability. That's what I would say. It's not going to happen. Anyway, yesterday we were talking about this. I was talking about how many, uh, you know, what percentage of the media corporations, NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, how many of them, um, you know, have a diverse staff intellectually as well as, you know, um, just politically. And I told you, hey, it's about 92% of the staff is Democrat, far left, that kind of thing. Isn't I got that a, funny? It's the same people that scream for <clears throat> diversity aren't diverse at all? No, not at all. <laughs> and I got an email, of course, because you always get an email. It's always the peripheral listeners. People don't really listen every morning, but they'll hear something and they'll get offended and they'll write and they'll say, you're lying and all that. Well, it's funny because yesterday, as I'm writing this guy back, which I uh, didn't have to because while I'm doing the article, this is, this is karma. I think there is a universal power. It works strangely. I'm sitting at my desk. This breaking news came out. It's real small breaking news in Daily Wire, and it came out some other publications, New York Post. It said, um, remember the number 3.4%. Okay. The, the new analysis about American journalism. And that's the, head, that's the headline. Okay. And I was like, no, this can't be happening right now. I copied the article and sent it to the guy. Didn't have to write anything. Here's what it says about that number. That is the number of American journalists who are, you want to take a guess what they are? Uh, tired. Sick and tired. Educated? No. Um, Fact 3.4%. That is the number of American journalists who are, one more chance. Honest. Republican? Yes. According to the Syracuse University... Yes. Liberal University, Syracuse University, Newhouse School of Public Communications. New study just came out about the partisan lean of journalists stretching back to 1971. 
We're at a point now, the lowest point ever, where only 3.4 of journalists are members of the Republican Party. I mean, I'm sure there's more than that, but how many people are going to say that for fear of office discrimination or, you know, stuff like that? Because you have to appear to be on the team. You would think it would behoove them when they hire people to actually ask, what is your political affiliation? So when you you, can't do that, though. No, actually, why not? Because DEI. If you can ask somebody who they sleep with and what their sexual preference is and what their gender identity is, why can't you ask them their political party? I don't think you can ask that either, but if they volunteer the information, isn't that a whole uh, EEO thing? Like you're not allowed to hire somebody based on those things? Then why have a DEI department? Yeah, but they do it anyway. Dude, I wrote you about University of Utah that purposefully tells their staff how to go around the uh, equal opportunity laws and well, just find out and only hire non-white people. Isn't that how, like, um, uh, what are those, the restaurants would, you know, get their employees to look a certain way without discriminating against other employees by saying, oh, you're not a, a server, you're a model. So then we can control your physical appearance to a degree. I don't know. Oh, like Twin Peaks and Hooters yeah, and stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. That way, like, like that's your workaround for that stuff because gotcha. you can't say, well, you know, boobs are big enough, can't okay. work here. All right, we're getting off on boobs, uh, which is not, you know, unusual here. But uh, <laughs> uh, let's go back to 3.4% of journalists. 3.4% of journalists are Republican now, the lowest ever. Now, here's an example. New York Times staffers threw a fit at tantrum. I don't know if you remember this. When the outlet published Senator Tom Cotton Cotton, Republican from Arkansas, arguing that the federal government should use force to stop violent Black Lives Matter riots that have killed, injured, and burnt down federal buildings, and talking about the police too. And uh, that article printed in the New York Times, the entire staff, the editorial staff, walked out through a fit. Every network covered it. God, a bunch of crybabies. But then a few months later, not one person was outraged when the New York Times published an actual terrorist writing an editorial piece about how great Hamas was. Wow. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but... As a journalist, your political persuasion should have nothing to do with you doing your job. You're yeah, supposed get- to be impartial regardless. <laughs> nah, nobody's impartial anymore. Come on, get, and that's get the, real. That's the messed up part. Is that, and that's why you have the stuff that you have, because some people can't stop interjecting their opinion when they give you the information. Right. And that opinion can sway people. Not everybody understands what an adjective is and doesn't realize that these three words placed in the right you know, spots in the news story <clears throat> gives it a completely different spin. You know, sometimes that's all it takes. It's not what you say, but how you say it. Okay. Former President Trump on Tuesday appealed a decision kicking him off the main primary ballot to the uh, by the state. Uh, what was her? She's a secretary of state. Sheena Bellows. I told you what she reminds me of. She looks like a weasel. A weasel, yeah. You know, trying to get a nut. Or is that a squirrel? That's a squirrel. Anyway, um, she cited the 14th Amendment. Everybody, if, you, if you're into this and you know what's going on, you know the 14th Amendment. That was for the Confederacy. That was not meant for now. It's not to be used the way it is now. This woman just all by herself decided, yeah, he's not going to be on the ballot. I don't like him. Neither should you. So uh, what's funny is, is though, when I hear her, it's not only her looks that, that disturb me. It's the fact that it's, she sounds like a 19-year-old social worker who is now the state uh, secretary of state for Maine. Listen to her. I want... Oh, crap. What's her name again? Sheena Bellows. And she does bellow. Not really. Oh, man, do I not have it? Here she... No, I don't have it. Oh, that kills me. Anyway, she talks... She did one of those... She talks like one of those people that does the up thing. 
At the end of the sentence. Yeah, it's really disturbing. Anyway, DeSantis defended Trump on this. The idea that one bureaucrat in an executive position can simply unilaterally disqualify someone from office, that turns on its head every notion of constitutional due process that this country has always abided by for over 200 years. Thank you, Ron. Okay, I found her. Here she is. Now, listen to this. Listen to her voice and the way she talks. Okay. I want... I want to have a conversation because let's go. Oh. I am so mindful, and I, I said this in my decision. Okay, I can't right. with her. I'm yeah, already, I'm already annoyed. Already. I'm so mindful, and I said with my decision. That right I, there, I already don't like her. Decided that Trump should not be on the ballot in Maine. I am so mindful, and I, I said this in my decision uh, that it is unprecedented. No Secretary of State. No da-da, Secretary of State. Da-da. Isn't wow. that scary? She's steering the future of democracy. Why? How? Why? Yeah. Who's I mean, letting this I mean, happen? I mean, think about this. This Does is she a even person. Have the authority. This, yeah. Well, she says she does. This is a person that's saying she's saving democracy by destroying democracy. How is any of this even legal? How is it allowed? Well, that's why Trump is, uh, you know, appealing this decision. It's going to go to the uh, Kennebec County Superior Court there in Maine. And then, obviously, they don't decide that this is unconstitutional. They're going to go to the Supreme Court. And furthermore, if 80 million people really did vote for Biden, what are you so afraid of? Unless you really think Trump has a chance of winning. The only people that I think actually have that power, correct me if I'm wrong, is the Electoral College folks that say, hey... I know everybody voted this way, but it's still up to me at the end of the day if I want to say this entire group voted this way instead. Yeah, don't try it. That no secretary of state has ever deprived a candidate of ballot access under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, but no presidential candidate has ever engaged in an insurrection. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's annoying. You're right about that. No, none of them have. She's annoying to listen to. Uh, here's a campaign strategist for the GOP, Jeff Corrier. Democrats are desperate to not face Donald Trump. They've done everything since the day he came down the escalator to try to stop him. And this is just the latest outrageous move. I mean, it's taking the voice away from the people and putting it in the hands of some judges or a, a, a partisan secretary of state. I mean, the people need to decide whether Donald Trump is going to be the next president, not partisan Democrats. And this 14th Amendment, Section 3, was for the Confederates in the Civil War. Yep. Boom. Little constitutional knowledge right there for you. Which you're going to have another one if you keep taking people off the ballots. I'm telling I mean, you that right the, now. The thing that should stick out is the fact that, like, if Biden or your people were so good, mm. why would you feel the need to try to stop Trump? That's what I If you said. think everybody hates him so much and he's so terrible, let him run. Let him fall on his face. But and, and they the, know that... You know, he's probably more popular than Joe Biden going, yeah, chicken parmesan, man. <laughs> like that. But when you see that guy, it's like, oh, no wonder you're pulling all, all the stops to try to stop the other guy from running because you know deep down that there's no way in hell that Biden would ever win. Political beliefs aside, do you really want the guy, and I can't get over it, like Smokestead that was on New Year's Eve the other night where Jill Biden had to poke him like... People, you're on TV. Pay attention. Hi, who? It was so dist- It was like watching a sweet little elderly couple at the nursing home. And but it wasn't a sweet little elderly couple at the nursing home. That was the president of the United States. So depressing. Yeah. Ugh. All right. One of uh, Biden's staunchest followers. Well, I never. St- I never thought he was uh, a staunch follower, especially after the wisecrack uh, Joe Biden met 
at the end of the interview he had. Charlemagne the God. He mm-hmm. works at uh, the station in New York. He does the Breakfast Club. It's right. show much like ours. Only- he's not a huge Biden fan. I mean, he's been questioning him a lot lately, right? Yeah. So yeah. he was on there with uh, Biden. This is like two and a half years ago. Uh, Biden was running for office. And uh, at the end of the interview, Biden said, hey, uh, if you don't know uh, who to vote for, either me or Trump, uh, then you ain't black. And, of course, Charlemagne uh, didn't have the uh, reaction I thought he would, but he did kind of step back for a second and go, well, it ain't about that. Right. Which, to me, was the wrong reaction. doesn't matter what race you are. I think the reaction would have been, that's pretty racist, Mr. Biden. Exactly. That, was, that was the crack in the bucket, for though, yeah. for, for him. Because Charlemagne used to definitely be on that team. And then I think he heard that and went, oh, no. Well, yeah. yesterday he said, Charlemagne the God said he regretted backing the Biden ticket in 2020, according mm-hmm. to Politico. He said it on Tuesday. He said he was. Uh, he felt like Vice President Kamala Harris disappeared as soon as they got to the White House. Well, no kidding. She was just another box checker. Yeah. Remember was, Biden We didn't saying, even see her for like the first four or oh, five months. She was still Montel Williams' girlfriend, wasn't she? No, All that was important was that, remember, President Biden said it. He said, I'm going to have a black female vice president. Period. We did the same thing with the Supreme Court. It's like, okay, glad to know where your priorities are at. Not someone that's super qualified. It could have been a rubber doll or an AI figure. It wouldn't have mattered. Russia's a big country. Now, what if you're white, but you identify as black? Does that count? Dude, that That's one's- Rachel Dolezal. Yeah. Now, do you remember about, uh, this was just after the uh, Kamala Harris uh, made it to vice president, and uh, Charlemagne the God had her on there. Do you remember that? And uh, they had a little um, going, the- going back and forth. About the pot thing? No, this was about um, the the former House Speaker uh, Kevin McCarthy. He was House Speaker for oh, ten yeah, minutes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he seemed like he was running things. and uh, And he was asked by Charlemagne, asked Kamala, "Who's really the president? Which Joe? Remember that? Yep. And Kamala played this whole thing like she couldn't hear him. Oh, yeah. I want to know who's the real president of this country. Is it Bi- is it Joe Biden or Joe Manchin? I'm sorry, I just want to She, she can hear me. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me, Madam okay. Vice President? Oh, I'm sorry. You got a rap? Oh. So I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. They're acting like they can't hear me. Yeah, yeah. He goes on. They're acting like they can't hear me. You know what? Right. They were acting like they can't hear me. Yeah, was, was she calling from the bathroom? What is that? It's no. It's amazing. And then, and then the little. Uh, but you that know, was her handler, right? Going, I'm sorry. I have to interrupt. We have to go. We can't hear. Yeah. You. All we, of a we sudden, gotta, we gotta go. Charlemagne the God asked a real question. I mean, it's a little sarcasm, but he asked a real question. We got to cut you off. Time's yeah. up. We have other. People. This is not in the script. We have to go. <laughs> I can hear you. Oh, so who's the I real? So who's the real president of this country? Is it Joe Manchin or Joe Biden, Madam Vice President? Come on, Charlemagne. I really. Come on. I, it's Joe Biden. I can't no, tell. No, no, sometimes. no, 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 no. What a condescending! You know what? What no. is just a Come condescending? Come on, Charlemagne. And you know you have no re- you have no uh, credit to be condescending like that. You don't because you're pretty you know shallow. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's Joe Biden, and don't start talking like a Republican about asking whether or not he's president. See, you see, you, you can't-, can't have your own opinion. You you need to reread your Democrat handbook. Yeah. Apparently, she's, she's apparently not- black. She's a black woman, but she just hurled a racist remark at a black guy on the radio. Right there. Yeah, you're black. Questions. You can't think like that. You can't have other thoughts or an opinion. You have to stay with us, lockstep. Remember? You don't have to be a Republican to see what the guy does and then hear what they say and go, 
I'm sorry, you're telling me one thing, but I'm looking at a completely other thing. So, as much as you tell me the guy's in charge and he's running stuff and things are good, you can't, I'm looking at how terrible it is. Right. Do you think Joe Manchin and, is and a problem? It's Joe, and, it's Joe, and it's Joe Biden, and I'm vice president, and my name is Kamala Harris. What a child. What a 12-year-old. And my name's Kamala Harris, case you didn't know. We have to go now. I wish you could just shut your big yapper. <laughs> Jeez. The guy in the, uh, there's this guy in Dallas, he's renovating his home. Did you hear about this? Mm-mm. Uh... Had a surprise of his life. He was uh, knocking down some walls like you see the property uh, brothers do. Yeah. You know, with the sledgehammer. Yeah. Sledgehammer therapy, they call it. Yeah. Matching shirts. And he's sledgehammering some of the walls, and out comes a grenade. (gasps) Oh. Yeah, according to the uh, Settlement Police Department, officers responded to a call at 4 p.m. New Year's Eve at the house. Out of an abundance of cautious officers said nearby residents immediately adjacent to the property were evacuated. Fort Worth Fire Department shows up. Turns out, it's a live grenade in the wall. Uh, uh. He'd been living in the house with a live grenade in the wall. Oh, my God. Well, also, he's doing construction on New Year's Eve? Yeah. I'm going to watch the ball drop. The ball drop? No, the wall drop. I'm taking the wall down. (laughs) And finally- Was it real? Live? It was a real grenade. It didn't didn't contain enough inert, what do they call it, Uh, material to do a lot of damage, but it was a real grenade. That's spooky, man. You hear those like little kids digging their sandbox like, wow, a giant World War II shell. They're like, step away. And finally, we just told you that the Harvard president resigned, Claudine Gay, because of plagiarism and also, you know, I mean, the bottom line was the uh, little thing about, you know. I don't know, exterminating a whole race of people that they were okay with. We're against hate speech, but as long as it's not the hate speech that that we're saying. But apparently she's doing a little speech now. She has sort of resigned. She resigned, just, you know, but it's not really a resignation. Mm -mm. She's still there. Same salary, just a different title. That part's getting left out of a lot of stories. How it's Mm -hmm. like, it's just. Well, of Mm -hmm. course it is. It's to shut everybody up. But she's going to talk right now. Let's listen in. Oh, hi, folks. It's Joe Buck. That's not her. Say, she sounds a little hoarse today. What do you mean I'm a horse? Uh, where, where is she? She's Apparently in a different office, but getting the same check with a different business card. Oh, now I'm the uh, associate for the school. That's nice, instead of the principal or whatever. I can't believe that. Here you just is. changed her title, and now she's absolved of guilt? Oh, I see what happened here. What okay. happened here? Nothing. It, uh, we got, never mind. All right, let's see what Biden has to say about it. Oh, hi, folks. It's Joe Biden. And a lot of people have been saying I shouldn't run for president. Well, well, I've got news for you, man. I'd like to announce that I'm running for president of Harvard. Yep, I hear they need a new president, and I'm the man for the job. For, For the job. My opponent doesn't have what it takes. In fact, I don't even know who my opponent is. Can somebody let me know who my opponent is and let me know if they they have what it takes? Anyway, as president of Harvard, let me tell you what I do. As soon as I find out what the president of Harvard does, do, do, do do, do they have to do math? I hope not. I hate math, by golly. So so anyway, vote for me for president of Harvard. It's the university with, with, the, with the learning and the, the, oh, hell, you know the thing. Paid for by the committee to elect a guy with a place for the thing. The Rick Stacy <laughs> Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. They're just having fun in a world that's gone cuckoo. 105.9 Sunny FM. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone Crazy. Brought to you by All Electric Services. So this, this, I love Aaron Rodgers. I'm just going to put it out there. You don't have to agree with him, but the man speaks his mind. He don't give a crap. 
what you think. And I love that about him. So he was on the Pat McAfee show. It's a podcast. If you don't know who Pat McAfee is, he's a sports analyst, former athlete. I think he used to do professor, professional wrestling. I think he was a punter at one point in, uh, in football. So they were talking about the Epstein list. They were talking about a couple other things with the Super Bowl. And then they got on to this subject. This has something to do with the Epstein list that came out? <laughs> Feels like, <laughs> feels like that's supposed to be coming out soon. That's supposed to be coming out. Soon. Look, this guy's been it's waiting in his wine people, cellar. Yeah. I've been waiting in my wine I, cellar for this I, thing. I, that's a lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't. Ah, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Obviously, a clip from this particular program was run on Jimmy Kimmel's show. Uh, whenever Aaron brought up the the list, and then. Jimmy mocked him for it. Mm-hmm. Aaron has not forgotten about that, but here we are sitting right in front of that nice bottle of scotch. Mm-hmm. What do you say? I'm waiting to celebrate something. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, awesome. he's been waiting That's for the that. one. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, if that list comes out, I definitely will be popping, popping some sort of bottle. Wow. Yeah, I guess on that Pat McAfee show, like right. he said, like Pat said, they were discussing Epstein in the list, and I guess Jimmy Kimmel started mocking Aaron Rodgers, which he's been doing ever since Aaron Rodgers wouldn't take the vaccine, because, you know, Jimmy Kimmel is up the ass end of Pfizer, so he uh-huh. has to talk about all of that. So if anyone talks against the vaccine, then Jimmy Kimmel will immediately speak out against you. Right. So that is why Aaron Rodgers kind of has beef with Jimmy Kimmel, and he still has, and he hasn't forgotten about that. Well, Jimmy Kimmel was not very happy about being accused of being on Epstein's flight log. Oh, boo-hoo. So on, uh, I guess this was on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, he he said, Dear A-hole, for the record, I've not met, flown with, visited, or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein. You didn't say or his clients. Nor will you find my name on any list other than that clearly phony nonsense that soft-brained wackos like yourself can't seem to distinguish from reality. Your reckless Ooh. words put my family in danger. Keep it up and we'll debate the facts further in court. Oh, wow. Did, did we hit a sore spot there, Jimmy, little Jimmy? Why are you so defensive? Wow. Why are you so defensive? You got your little poopy cocky hurt. Because you know darn well, if he's not on that list, somebody he knows is. He's yeah, a- dude, you come out with the list then, Jimmy. Where is it? I dare you to read it on your show. He won't. What is with people defending pedophiles? That's- Everybody should be on the same page and say, you know what? And it, it, Pedophilia, bad thing. It's funny when nobody says anything until the person's in trouble. And then everyone's like, oh, well, I, it would, we, like, uh, look at the Harvey Weinstein. How many people knew? And then you got folks like Oprah. As soon as he gets arrested, Oprah comes, well, I never, you know, noticed you anything about it. were his best friend. It. Come on yeah, now. People make jokes same. about it at the award ceremonies. I think we all know how Harvey is. Anyway, and they go on right. with their speech. Like, everybody knew and nobody said anything. And then as soon as he's in trouble, well, now uh, now I take the stance. This is bad. That's mm-hmm. why I appreciate people like uh, we just played Charlemagne to God and, and Ramaswamy and Chappelle. I mean, who just tell the truth and don't give a rip what anybody thinks. Even even Bill Maher lately. Yeah. No, he does. He'll say what he thinks and what he means even if it's not you know, coherent with the side that he supposedly is on. Yeah, because those are people that can respect a difference of opinion. Well, and nowadays that's like... sense. Yeah, it's in short supply and constant demand. But it's like, I actually, and I said it a bunch of times, I go, I respect Bernie Sanders because he gets out there and tells what he believes. He's not making anything up. You know? But I mean, why wouldn't you want this list to come out? Why wouldn't you want child pedophiles to be, 
I guess that's kind of redundant saying child pedophiles because that's what it is. But why wouldn't you want those people to be held accountable? People that are doing bad things being held accountable for the bad things they do or did. Because everybody has a little bit of that professor that travels around the country about maps, minor attracted people. This all comes, this all springs out of the same thought process that thinks that transgender curriculum, transgender ideology in schools is okay. But who are you afraid of offending? Sickos with a mental health illness that thinks it's no, okay to sleep with no, a kid? They're def- they, in their minds, they're fighting against uh, evangelical Christians and hardcore conservatives. Everything is black and white with them. So in defending, so you either you're either a hardcore conservative or you're totally fine with pedophilia. You're you're either one side or the other. We just went that with the Charlemagne the God thing just a few mm-hmm. minutes ago. Either you believe you lockstep with everybody and you believe exactly what they tell you to believe, or you're on the other side. And that's the way Kimmel thinks. They all think like that. They don't have any gray area. They don't want to discuss anything. And that goes back to what you just said about Bill Maher. Here's a guy who is a liberal, always has been. I disagree with 90% of what he says, but he's willing to talk it out and he's calmly and he's willing to accept it if he thinks he was wrong. And yeah. what kind of what kind of world are we in where Bill Maher seems sort of conservative? Because and he's never changed his stance. He stayed in the same place. The scale moved the other way. Went extreme left. Yeah. And now he seems like he's further to the right because the scale shifted. And it's not even just the, the shift of the scale. I feel like, but like you were saying, Rick, it's the um, that that people can't agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. It's like you either have to be on my team or I can't talk or associate with you, and you're the scum of the earth. Like but there's that, there is no gray area. That is a human trait. That I could, I myself don't understand where you need you have this inert need to control other people and how they think it it, it and I think it stems from you hate yourself you're self loathing uh-huh. you hate yourself you can't find a purpose in life so you glom onto something and now you have to force other people to believe what you think you believe so it'll reinforce the fact that you're worth living. I think it also <laughs> yeah it's it's the virtue signaling. How do I feel good about myself in a way that? everyone else can see and give me credit for. I think it's a lot of also though, what is everyone expecting me to say? What are the people Mm -hmm. that support me? The people that pay me? The people that write my checks, get me my jobs? Look at Bella Thorne when she was on with Bill Maher and they made, I forget what they were talking about, something with trans people and she started crying and Bill Maher's like, well, why are you crying? First of all, it's ridiculous. We're having a conversation. Do you just wake up offended at everything or are you being offended because there's people that expect you to be offended? Because yeah. if you're not, there then you they won't run around with you anymore. That's exactly it. It's And it's all, she had a little bit of a mental illness. Anybody who's that sensitive has got really issues that need to be dealt Dude, with. Dude, it's like what Jillian Michaels said yesterday. Her daughters were getting offended about pronouns and misgendering and she made her daughter watch a video on North Korea and she's like sweetheart you need a little perspective is this is what sets you off yeah you want me to play it again go ahead you should not have to refer to yourself as cisgender at all and now you're watching Gen Z like oh you got my label wrong I'm like oh my god what is that (laughs) my kids they try to talk to me about pronouns I made my daughter watch a documentary on North Korea I was like honey if this is the that's going to rub you the wrong way. <laughs> I think you need some perspective. What do you... Yeah. I mean, she's not wrong. 
No, of course not. That's what I, it's, I say it all the time. I go, all these people that get offended every morning. They wake up and they look somebody be offended. Go to North Korea. Go to Cuba. Let's send you off to Venezuela. Why don't you spend some time there and then come back and tell me how bad America is? I mean, what is that born out of, though? The entitlement that a lot of people have? The fact that you can live no, in a bubble it's, now. It's Again, it's about acute insecurity, and you need to fill that void by being an activist. And as we know, activism is something for people who are stupid to do to make feel like they feel important. And, and this, let's take the transgender out of it, because I know some people won't listen to the message if they think that you're speaking against them. How many videos are there of people hysterical crying in their cars because of a name somebody called them. Who the hell do you think is going to hire you? If you crumble under that kind of pressure and that's what sets you off and that destroys your day and destroys your self-confidence, what are you going to do the rest of your life? (laughs) How are you going to handle anything? That's true. Speaking of handling stuff, I'm not doing very well, guys. What happened? So, I got to get a root canal on Friday. Oh, yeah. I'm in a fairly serious amount of pain at the moment. I, I know was you yesterday. Were, I knew you were cranky for some reason, but I know it can't be that. Please don't worry. They took- I'm not going into that cavity. That nerve's already dying. A live, freshly cut nerve is infinitely more sensitive. So, I'll just drill into a healthy tooth until I reach the pulp. Oh. <laughs> it's, um... It's interesting because when you hear that clip from that movie, it's not like that's going to kill you, but the pain is through the roof. It's the worst I've ever felt in my life is dental pain. I hate dentists. I have such dental anxiety that I have to be medicated to go to the dentist. I totally get it. And I don't like it. And I probably have more dental work than most people imagine. Like I went to, I was at the dentist again yesterday because I had some crown work done before the break. So I had a temporary on and had to go yesterday to get the permanent. I walk in there. I'm like, me again. feel like I should just like rent an apartment above this (laughs) because I'm here all the time. I I told you once. I'm going to tell you again. Stop posing for your selfies with your teeth out. No. It's just, I had all silver fillings when I was younger. So the the older you get, the silver expands, it cracks your teeth and you crowns, or you have to have the filling replaced. First thing they did to me when I went to this new dentist is they drilled out the silver ones and put in that new polymer or whatever they use so it doesn't spread. And don't get me wrong, Smoke and I go to the same dentist. I love my dentist. They're amazing there. They treat me like the crybaby that I am when I go to the dentist. Jill walks in, goes, looks at the chair and says, no arm straps. Have you read my file? Or? <laughs> <laughs> you no, they, go there, too, because you're a big baby, too. Oh, yeah. They no, do, I they, can't do that. Yeah, so. they pat you on the head and tell you you're pretty. Oh, they're they're can great. I, can I go? Yeah, they're awesome. Who's a good boy? You want a teddy bear? I'm like, <laughs> just don't do the scraping. So I have to go to the endo. I have a specialist now that I have to go to to get this root canal on Friday. Um, and I'm going to be medicated Friday morning. I have to take my sedation medicine while I'm here on the air, which so is going to be fun in, for everyone. Tune in Friday. <laughs> wow, Jill's top fives is going to be all warped music. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why it's not very good for me to read this next story here, because this is going to this is going to set me off. It's kind of like reading airplane crash stories right before you board a plane. Yeah, it's the kind of thing. This name's this lady's name is Kathleen Wilson. She got a lawyer because uh, she went, wants to sue her dentist. She's accusing the oral professional of putting her through, my tooth hurts just reading this, 32 different dental procedures in a five-hour session. First of oh, all, five hours, five hours too long. And let's knock me out. Unless I'm under, like I'm knocked out, I'm out cold asleep, uh-uh. So she had to get a root canal, eight dental crowns. First of all, oh. I said first of all already, so I guess that would be second of all. Second of all, why are you getting so many procedures all done at once? 
I have maybe well, two crowns done max together, and that's it. So did, she had eight dental crowns. Did she not go for like a decade or something? And then they're like, all right, well, you're going to need to overhaul the whole thing. No, even so, you do them in separate visits. She had 20 fillings, a root canal, and eight dental crowns, which seems strange. They gave her double the recommended dose of anesthetic. Well, no kidding. Look at everything you had. If I get too much in, it takes a lot to numb me. So, like, last time I went, I had five or six different shots. And... That stuff will make you nauseous when you come out of it, and then you end up, like, vomiting over uh, your I, new dental work I'll because sh- you're nauseous from the anesthesia. Well, you shake a little bit as soon as they give me the anesthesia, and then they notice the- Anesthesia? You mean the shots? Yeah, that's what's, the, it's, the, lo- it's a no, local. The, the, so they'll, they'll lay you back, they'll give you the shot, and then they sit you up. Mm-hmm. And they don't then, gas you for that? No, they don't have gas at our dentist. Did you oh, know that? I don't like what? That gas. That's why they pump me full of pills, because they don't have the yeah. gas. The shots is what I hate. Oh, no, the propofol, that's the good one. Oh, propofol is the do best. They don't do that at they the dentist. Do propofol is for like, surgery or procedure, like would, a colonoscopy. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're doing a root kit, well, you, what kind of specials? This what? is an endodontist that I'm going to, and she gave me a bunch of dental Valium for me to eat before I go there, so <laughs> I'm like a drooling Valium. zombie when I walk in the what? door, which I'm fine with. Not to be technical, but is not like a maxillofacial surgery thing? Like when you get your wisdom teeth out, you go to like I was put to sleep. I was out cold, like under anesthesia when I had my wisdom teeth taken out. Wow. This I won't be, I'll be, she said I'll fall asleep, but if you, she nudged me, I'd wake anesthesia? up. Anesthesia? Like gas? Are you talking about a needle? This is pills that I'm taking. No, no, I meant when you had your... Wisdom teeth. Oh, I was no. It was an IV. I had an IV in my hand, and I was out cold. Yeah, that's twilight. Yeah. Yeah. So I was I was out. But this lady was said she was left disfigured, distressed, and she wants fifty thousand dollars in damages. I got to tell you something. If I'm spending five hours at the dentist and I had all that stuff done, I would be suing for a lot more than fifty thousand dollars. That doesn't sound like a legit dentist, though. Is it safe? I tell you, I can't do it. (laughs) That was me at home yesterday. I was in so much pain. I was texting you guys. Yeah, Jill's like, you think it's probably, I'm going to eat this many pills. I'm like, careful, your liver. No, <laughs> I don't. She's like, I already did the math. Um, I could eat this many at this time and this many. And I'm not a medicine taker. Like, I, the reason I had my heart surgery is because I didn't want to be on medication for the rest of my life. I'm not mm. a medicine taker. No, you fix it with tea usually. But I also don't like to <laughs> suffer. So I was like, how many ibuprofen can I take before it gets dangerous? <laughs> so I was like, and I have some nursing friends. They're like, girl, you could take 600 milligrams every six hours. Go for it. So I had to, I took three 200 milligram ibuprofens. That's and when smoke sucks. Like careful. And a couple of years from now, she's at the urologist. I can't believe my kidneys aren't working. It's, it's one day. <laughs> I think it'll be okay. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah. So wish me luck for Friday. Jeez. All right, now, uh, Dave Chappelle, he had a new special that came out yesterday on yep. Netflix, mm-hmm. and this one is called Dreamer, The Dreamer, excuse me, and so they were talking to Dave Chappelle because the last special he had that came out, everyone was up in arms about his transgender comments, and comedians do this thing, I don't know if you know, well, they do this thing where they have a sense of humor, and then they poke fun at things that are controversial to kind of make you laugh and make light of the situation. That's what they do. You want to hear him? Yeah, but here's his comments about, I guess he was doing an interview promoting the tel- the, the new special that's coming out. I'm not even mad. They, they take issue with my work. Good, fine. What I take issue with is the idea that because they don't like it, I'm not allowed to say it. Art is a nuanced endeavor. I have a belief that they are trying to take the nuance out of speech in American culture, that they're making people speak as if they're either on the right or the left. Everything seems absolute. And any opinion I respect is way more nuanced than these binary choices that they keep putting in front of us. I don't see the world in red or blue. It's just people I agree with on some things, but not other things. It's just what it is. Yep. So if you want to know uh, a little bit, 
dip your toe in the special that is The Dreamer on Netflix. Here is Dave Chappelle. All right. God forbid I ever go to jail. But if I do, I hope it's in California. Because as soon as the judge sends me, I'll be like, Your Honor, before you sentence me, I just want the court to know I identify as a woman. <laughs> Send me to woman's jail. Uh oh. And as soon as I get in there, you know what I'm gonna be doing? Give me a fruit cocktail, bitch, before I knock your motherfucking teeth out. I'm a girl just like you, bitch. Come over here and suck this girl. God, don't make me explain myself. I'm a girl. Well, he also got into how, sticking with the transgender, how he pokes fun at that. He says, how trans people make me feel, say you're looking at a man with a beard and a mustache that's in a dress with makeup on. Oh, the pretending Andy Kaufman to be story? A woman, he said, I wanted to meet Jim Carrey. And when Jim Carrey was playing in the movie where he played Andy Kaufman, he never broke character. So he said, when I met Jim Carrey, I had to speak to him and like pretend he was Andy Kaufman all the while knowing that's Jim Carrey. He said, that's how trans people make me feel. Yeah, he said that, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but you know, there's something you can do if you are offended by Dave Chappelle. There's a very easy solution. I want to enjoy stand-up comedy, but I don't want to hear things I don't like. Have you thought about not seeing Dave Chappelle? (laughs) What's the difference? All comedians are alike. No, they're not. A simple internet search shows that Dave Chappelle is a cutting-edge comedian who makes light of controversial subjects. Wait, that's not what comedians do. Think again. Some comedians push the envelope and break new ground with material intended for mature adults. Wait, so I can't bring my kids? No, not at all. Perhaps a better choice for your kids would be Jeff Dunham. Oh, I always get those two mixed up. That makes you the only person in the world who does. You're right. I'm too sensitive and easily triggered to go see Dave Chappelle. Now you're talking because a Dave Chappelle concert isn't for everyone. That settles it. I'll just take my family to see 50s doo-wop singer Marilyn Manson instead. (laughs) I know. It's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack having fun with a world gone crazy. All right, we broke a new record for December. The numbers are in. Uh oh, what is it? Uh, highest grocery prices ever. Nope. Um, um, uh, media's the most hated. Most criminals let out of jail. No, you're both wrong. Uh, most people that sit in the left lane. Time's up, dude. Oh. The most people crossing the border illegally in 30 days happened this month of December. 300,000. Oh. Wait. Why are we clapping for that? It's not to be applauded. Well, even though it's wrong, I like to succeed in anything, so I'm glad we reached a new milestone. God. It's terrible. So you think there's people out there, uh, there's got to be people out there that actually think that this isn't on purpose. There's got to be people out there that think you this think is... think that there's people that actually don't believe this is on purpose. Remember yesterday, was it uh, yesterday we played Pepe Le Pew, the White House spoke secretary uh, that said that uh, this is just normal? But it's not, though. Of course it's not normal. None of this is normal. But yeah, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre or Jean-Pierre came out yesterday and said, oh, this is, this is just, you know, it ebbs and flows. No, it doesn't. Not at 9 million people in two years. 9 million. This is ridiculous. And there's people that actually, I'm, I'm telling you, there's people out there that pretty much, you know, watch 10 minutes of ABC News throughout the day. That's cumulative. You know, maybe two in the morning, two in the afternoon, and don't know this is going on. Remember when she said, it's not an invasion? Really? Uh, lady, New York City, which is full of people, is even going, 
Wow, looks like there's extra people here. Anybody noticing that? Mm. No, it's out of control. And Mayor Adams said, no more no more busing in migrants. You know what they did? They took the train. Oh, does that mean they have to get rid of their sanctuary city plaque now? Dude, that was all, that just goes to prove you what a scam that was. That was all virtue signaling. Look at us. Well, well remember uh, Governor, what was the name, Hochul? Oh yeah, Hokel Spokel. Yeah, they have a they have a video of her like six months before they got any migrants in New York from the border, and she was like, "We welcome them all." You know, the Statue of Liberty doesn't discriminate. And then all of a sudden they start coming, and she was like, "Um, get out, get get out now." I didn't mean here. Yeah. So, so our message to the world is: yeah. send us your people, send us those who need the uh, the cloak of comfort that we can demonstrate as New Yorkers with big hearts and open arms, and we'll provide a safe haven. The cloak of comfort. <laughs> and now she's all like, "Get out! Oh my gosh!" <laughs> yeah. So that whole uh, sanctuary city thing—it's the greatest fraud that's been perpetrated on mankind this century. All right, here's a guy. This is amazing because this is actually one of the major networks that lies to you all the time. This is a guy from NBC News that down at the border on Tuesday. You know what sucks is I have never... Oh, well, that's not it. Hold on. It's a guy, so give me a guy. Talk to the migrants coming across the border where they say, we're here because of your president. We're here because of President Biden, and that's why we keep coming. So until he changes that dialogue, that theme that says his border secure, and quit relying on everybody else to secure it, he needs to take charge. He's our president. He's taking an oath to protect this country and the citizens and our borders. I'm sorry. That's the, that was one of the border patrols on NBC News. Yeah, I mean, this, dude, this is all on purpose. I, I'm, I'm really, when I sit some, down with somebody and they say, well, that's, it's not on purpose. It's ridiculous to say. But you know what? Some of them are actually going back where they came from because they were sold a bill of goods. And they get over here and they're like, the street? Why am I sleeping on the street? That's not what I was told. And they're leaving. I've been meaning to get my, my... You know my wife's phone number, Smoke? I think so. I have know. it. Do you want it? Call her and get her in the hotline. Tell her not to curse. And uh, she's. I've been wanting to get her on and tell the story, firsthand account of okay. what's really going on with who's coming over here. Okay. Call her up. Put her on hold if you can get her to do that. She's oh, got the moment. Nope, that's me. Call my sister. <laughs> no. Whatever. Uh, I don't have her number. I Great. have it. But I can't call her from here. Yeah. Never mind. It's getting too complicated. I feel like I should, though. We'll, Why we'll, don't I have We'll that? do it tomorrow. I don't know. She texted me before. What, what if something happens to me, like I run out of food while I'm on the air? I don't remember. <laughs> Trust me, I'll get 18 tags. Smoke, smoke, where are you? Bring me pizza, hurry. <laughs> By the way, in the midst of this record-setting month of 300,000 illegals crossing the border, um, Border Protection has reopened four ports of entry. They were closed. They closed what? them because they thought, oh, there's too many people coming in, and now they just opened them wide open again. Well, we're tired of people coming over the river. It's not good footage for us. <laughs> yeah. Just in one of the openings that they just opened, 500 encounters in one day. Dude. You realize that 9 million people will change this country forever because the next step now, if Biden were to get reelected or any Democrat, is to get amnesty. And then after amnesty comes what? Folks, you know, anybody in the Hopefully room? taxpayers? No, 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 no. After amnesty, the next step, what's the most important thing to Democrats right now? Voting. Power, power right? So the next thing that comes is? Voting rights. Yeah, good job. And then, after the 9 million get their voting rights, what is the consequence of that? Oh, you get, you're run by one political party. Forever. Ever. Yep. Now, what if they come over the border and they're like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll vote for your guy. And they go in there and they're like, Not. Well, I that's not going to happen. I read something yesterday that made me think uh, maybe there's a different angle. Um, Because we we got this whole thing happening where China's like, "Look, Taiwan's ours." We're like, "No, we're 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 hanging on to them." And then we got the whole Russia thing. There's a lot of fights we're involved in. 
And I was reading that maybe they were going to have the undocumented immigrants no. say, hey, if you fight in the war for us, we'll give you citizenship. No, that's oh, not going to- make gonna... them the soldiers? Yeah. Well, no. why are they all over here that are military age and they all have the same background? Oh, that's, that's the thing I was thinking. I was like, that makes sense. That's kind of, I don't agree with you, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, here's what is true. Uh, did you know the Chinese, Chinese young male- military age guys that are coming here illegally through the Mexican border. You know what they're doing with them? They've cut down the vetting by 80%. In other words, it, people get questioned when they come over the border. They right. get yeah, listed what are you questions. Here? The government, our government, Joe Biden and his gang has told Border Patrol to cut the questioning down to five questions. Everybody else has to or has to ask has to answer forty questions. Five questions? You need more than that for a ham radio license. What are you doing? You know my my little since you threw out something a little crazy, I'm going to throw out my crazy, which is what I've always thought. At some morning, you're going to wake up. Biden's going to be on the podium along with Xi Jinping, uh-huh. and they're going to be telling us it's a new time. It's a new rebirth of our nation. Oh, you mean like the soft opening they just did with Gavin Newsom? Yeah, exactly. Because either you're with them or you're, you're, you're against them. This guy is, is I'm telling you, how, why would you do that? Somebody come up with a good reason why he would tell the Border Patrol to go easy by 35 questions out of a 40-question questionnaire for illegal immigrants on the Chinese males that are coming over here. Oh, sleeper cells. Dude, it's probably too late already. Oh, I mean, they've they've been buying all the land around the military bases for years. So I have a question. Um, Where are we going? There's nowhere Uh, to go. No, you ever seen the movie Red Dawn? Yep. That's that's going to be the whole thing right there. All right. Wolverines. Yeah, except it's not going to end like that. No, probably not. And we don't got Charlie Sheen. Do people realize that's a cheesy movie, but do you realize how real that could be? I I heard they did a remake. They did, and Chris Hemsworth is in it. Is it good? It's I saw good. it. I saw it. It's all right. Yeah, not but as good as the original. What scares me is just the beginning. Is the, is oh, the first with, thirty the, minutes of it? The parachuters Dude. coming down in the school, and the kids are like, Look! "Does that remind you? It's a thing." And then it's like, "Oh wait, this is actually danger." Do you? Does it remind you of anything that happened in our world recently? October seventh. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I'm telling you, and you know what? We're so asleep at the wheel. So asleep at the wheel. I really in in the the. Back cockles of my mind. What's a cockle, by the way? I don't know. Uh, I really think corner. I really think this president is seriously compromised. I, remember, think about this. Xi Jinping, the president of China, came to San Francisco. The governor there for the first time in six years cleaned the streets for a communist leader. When he came in, it wasn't American flags lining the road. No, it was Chinese flags. And Biden had a meeting with him. He didn't bring up COVID. Nope. He didn't bring up Taiwan. Nope. If you're not in the pocket of our enemy, wouldn't you bring those things up? The two most important things. Hey, 7 million people died because of COVID that originated in China. You also have, I think this runs deeper than we realize, is the that whole uh, uh, culture within our government that says in order to compete, we have to be like them. Yeah, like that's a lot of the the Chinese stuff. You know, with China's <clears throat> mass surveillance now and the social credit score, you hear people going, "Well, if we want to be able to compete with China, we're going to have to do AI research and put you, you know, barcodes on all your arms, and then you know, have <laughs> you just pay with your hand, and if you look cross-eyed at somebody, it's a fifty dollars fine that we just deduct from your bank account without you noticing." All right, I'd like to change my question. Um, instead of where are we going, how much ammo do I need to get? Oh, you should a be. Lot. You should have started buying it years ago. Well, we have some stocked away, but how do I need to get a oh, lot more? Oh, 
yeah. That there's one thing that is a difference than any uh, previous civilization that went through what we're going through. We are the most armed civilians in the world, and that's the only reason why they got to slow push this kind of stuff at you, and gently ease you in mm-hmm. over the course of a decade. To here's how your commie life is going to be. And B- Biden can get up there and threaten us. He's done it three times already, where he gets up and says, "What are you going to do? Use those AR-15s to fight off our F-15s and nukes?" He's not kidding. That's why I'm telling you. I don't talk about it a lot on the air because it's a little conspiracy theory kind of sounding and tin hat, tinfoil hat. But think about it. Every if you take everything this guy has said and done over time, he might as well. He basically said, "What are you going to do about it?" He he might as well be, uh, you know, co-presidents with Xi Jinping Mm -hmm. in China. He's working for them. They paid him enough. That's insane that you would say that. What falsehood? I'm calling your general manager. Well, I mean, it, it's one of those things where, again, we live in the bubble, man. We always think, well, that's other places. That'll never happen here. And then the minute it does, everything's different. Yeah, but that's how communism works. It slowly creeps up on you. And by the time you realize it's there, it's too late. And the only reason they can overrun other places, like you said, is, <clears throat> you know, half the citizens aren't really armed. Like, what are you going to do? Well, we do have a formidable young fighting force in this country. I don't know if you know about them, Gen Z. Tough, tough individuals. Remember, hard times create hard individuals, and Gen Z, the hardest of all time. Are those the ones that get in their car and they cry because somebody called them the wrong name? No, they're just the hardest to make sense of. Well, the New York Post just uh, published this article that um, survey asking 2,000 people how relaxed they feel when dining out. A whopping 86% of Gen Z adults, adults, if adults apply here, I don't know, say they suffer from menu anxiety. Oh, for the love uh-huh. of the Lord. If you're going to Cheesecake Factory, I get you, but outside hey, of that. Dear God, if you're going to come back, could you come soon? Because I can't handle this anymore. 34% of that group said they uh, they got so worked up that they asked a fellow diner to speak to the server for them. Oh, what? Yeah. Whoa. And they're going to be fighting our wars. 40% become so anxious at the prospect of talking to the wait staff that they avoid going out to dinner altogether. Good. Don't go. Nobody wants you there. You have somebody else talk to you can't speak to them directly uh, see I, I will avoid the self-checkout robot just to talk to somebody that's unbelievable to me new york post said that a similar u.s study showed that three out of ten americans now live with the burden of menu anxiety what the hell is that <laughs> you have menus give you anxiety only when i'm on the phone Press one if you'd like to do this. Oh, God. That one makes sense. How many times? I could put out an album for all the time. I should have recorded every time I'm sitting on the phone yelling representative. Oh, yeah. No, we've definitely made the blooper reel on somebody's phone call. (laughs) Speaking of eating, having breakfast early and avoiding late dinners can lower the risk of heart attacks or strokes. New research. I knew that. Well, everybody eat food, that. you'll live. Is that what the article says? No, it's just like a, hey, don't eat a whole pizza and a Philly cheesesteak sandwich right five minutes before you go to bed. Oh, Really? We, we all know that. But I've yet, been doing that. But yet, an international team led by a French scientist, who I'm sure got paid handsomely for it, found that people who eat their first meal at 9 a.m. have a 6% higher chance of developing cardiovascular disease than those who have breakfast before 8 a.m. Additionally, eating after 9 p.m. is linked to a 28% increase in the risk of uh, cerebrovascular disease. What's that? Cerebrovascular Cere- disease. So, like, like the blood vessels in, in your brain. brain. Mm-hmm. Okay, there you go. So, just eat your breakfast early. Well, we eat our breakfast at 5 a.m., so I guess we're good. Do you want some cocaine? Yeah. Go 
cocaine. Switzerland is considering what's believed to be the world's first scheme that would allow cocaine to be legally sold everywhere for recreational use. Isn't it just because there's so much of it there? Yeah, pretty much. Well, why did Colombia not do that? Uh, I think a, a few other cities did. They, like, it made all drugs legal because there's nothing there they were going to do to stop them, and it actually, there was a giant spike, and then everybody realized, like, oh, yeah, maybe this isn't the way, and then just kind of fell back off. Right now, you can get cocaine in Switzerland for the cheapest price anywhere and the highest quality ever. Wow. And finally, I don't know if you've been under a rock, but the Harvard president has resigned. Sort of. Maybe, sort of. Hasta bye-bye, no, Claudine. you ruined that for me. I was like, good, she quit. And then you're telling me that she's still getting paid. She yeah. still Employed works there. there. She yeah. just they, they thought by not giving her the title of president, that would fix everything, but she still gets the same... Salary as when she was president, right. and yeah. she's still allowed to work there. And the she's also she's also still a doctor, a PhD, because even though she f- fraudulently plagiarized pretty much all her papers to get it, she's still you know. What? what, what why can't I just do that? Because you're a that? white male. That would never happen to oh, you. I'm Italian. I'm a immigrant minority. All right. Molly Line breaks it all down for you from uh, Fox News. Harvard President Claudine Gay making it official, announcing her resignation with a heavy heart in an email to the university community, heavy writing, heart. Amidst all of this, it has been distressing to have doubt cast on my commitments to confronting hate and to upholding scholarly rigor to bedrock values that are <laughs> fundamental to who I am. All right. I'll knock it off. <laughs> Confronting hate. Okay, this is the woman that sat behind a table at a hearing where Stefanak, a rep- Republican uh, representative, mm-hmm. asked her, does Harvard, she's the CEO, she's the president of Harvard, yes. have a policy against anti-Semitism, basically racism, and the calling of the uh, killing of Jews. Do they have a policy? And then Claudine Gay, the person that you're listening to about, uh, said, well, you know, it depends on the context. Um, it depends on the... And then Stefanak, wow. Stefanak's retort was, well, what if we were talking about black people here? And right. People were cheering on the campus. Let's kill all the black people. You know, would you have a problem with that? She didn't have an answer for that one. She didn't get really resigned it for that. She got resigned it for the plagiarism. Well, because they're not going to fire her for the racist thing, because that's going to cause them a whole other bucket of problems. So we can't touch that one, but we'll fire her for something else, and maybe that'll make those people over there happy. Yeah, is it just enough to get the donors to get the, give their money back mm-hmm. to us, or no? So yeah, so she's suffering from injustice, and just it's, it's just awful racism. To be subjected to personal attacks and threats fueled by racial animus. See, it's all about racism against her. But That's the thing that blows my mind. It's like, lady, you're the hate you're complaining about having to confront. But we were all it was good. It was really good. We've all been bamboozled because she's still working there. Nah, Nothing no, happened. It's all for show. No, this is all for show. It's to appease everybody. Rick, if you have to fire me, can you Get- do that? Just be like, and now he's the station janitor for the same pay. <laughs> right, exactly. Gay first faced backlash for her response to a statement from a collaboration of student groups blaming Israel for the October 7th Hamas terror attacks. Pro-Palestinian protests rocked campus, and in December, she and other university leaders, when testifying before Congress, failed to say clearly that calling for the genocide of Jews violated university policies. 
It depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. Uh huh. What kind of a what kind of a conscience do you have? Conscience do you have that you would sit there and somebody ask you, "Is there a policy against exterminating a bunch of people?" And and and, and keep in mind, after a thing called the Holocaust happened mm-hmm. just a few years ago, I don't know if you remember, and say it all depends on the context. You would be surprised how money makes your conscience just go away really quickly. That's amazing, Molly. Gay apologized, but soon faced expanding allegations of plagiarism. Harvard's corporation, the school's governing body, stood by President Gay while noting she would be making corrections to prior work. Today, the corporation mm-hmm. praised her for... Wait a minute. So back up a second. They actually, when you, it's almost like if you rob a gas station, but the police catch you and take you down to the station, you go, okay, tell you what, I'll, I'll bring the money back, okay? All right, you're free to go. Go just take the money Take the cuffs off. As long as you get it back by 6 p.m. You get the money back because he needs the change. You know, you got a lot of singles there. Just give him the money back. But they say that she apologized, but she did it like a toddler. It's like, say you're sorry. Sorry. Like you mean it. (laughs) Sorry, like you mean it. (laughs) Yeah. She doesn't mean any of it. No, no. Let me play that again. She would be making corrections to prior work. So she's allowed to correct the fraud she uh, purposely uh, did and, and... now everything's good. And then, and then during the resignation, they praise her for what a great person she is. Today, the corporation praised her for remarkable resilience in the face of racist vitriol. Racist vitriol. vitriol. So, racist, so. Your own racist vitriol is the reason you're there. It's the whole reason that you're under fire, lady. Isn't that amazing? Does that blow your mind? It singes the... I get an ablation in my brain every time it happens. There's nothing left but just a carcass. You can tell because of how I pitch my voices. Oh, my God. Well, she's out there. I think she's doing a speech right now. Let's let's tune into what uh, Claudine Gay has to say in her resignation speech. I am Harvard President Claudine Gay, and today is a day that will live in infamy. Four score and seven years ago, I was appointed president of Harvard University. But now I must say, no mas, and announce my resignation. It's one small step for woman, one giant leap for womankind. I consider myself a trailblazer, like the Milli Vanilli of education. My motto has always been, just do it. But now, I realize I'm not in Kansas anymore. Don't be sad for me. Today, I consider myself the luckiest woman on the face of the earth, and life at Harvard goes on without me. To my students, I say, ask not what your college can do for you, ask what you can do for your college. Never heard that. To my colleagues, I say, do or do not, there is no try. That's new. And to my critics, I say, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. What's left to say other than... That's all, folks. Seacrest out. Rich Casey Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. That's a filthy habit. Stream it now. 1059sunnyfm.com. Are we ready to get crazy? Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Having fun with the world gone crazy. Crazy Talk brought to you by All Electric Services. So with the new year... Sort of here. I mean, we're three days in. Hopefully, you haven't left any of your resolutions yet. But if your resolution was to be healthy, there's a little bit of a stigma surrounding what is and what is not healthy these days, especially over the past couple of years, because you'll see what people will call, don't hate me or don't send me hate email. 
when I say this, but this is what they're referred to, is fat influencers. You see it all the time with people like Lizzo and uh, people on social media that say, fat is beautiful, you don't have to change who you are, you can still be healthy and be overweight. And there was a podcast that I was watching. She kind of pointed something out. Um, Oh gosh, where did it go? What are you looking for? I'm going to pull it up. Um, She pointed out that there are a lot of fat influencers Uh, And the issue about believing what they say and trying to influence other people, which is the whole point of their job, to be like them, uh, where that could be damaging, take a listen to this. Just because I'm fat, that doesn't invalidate the things that I say. She died. You ready to get supersized? She died too. Today I got the big fruit loop. He's dead. Join me on my fat positive radio show. Which didn't last long because she died. A lot of these social media influencers that were swept away by this movement that being morbidly obese is totally okay have passed away. A well-known activist. She was the professor. You ready for this? The professor of fat studies. She questioned the links between weight and health. Died at 42 years old. She was the one that you heard at the end with the fat positive radio show. Can I just play that part again? Let's just do this. Join me on my fat positive radio show, which didn't last long because she died. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, she's serious. Oh, I know. It's just the, the irony. It's just, I'm, come on. There's a reality show called Supersized Salon where it's this really, really big lady. She died from heart complications. She well, was no one kidding. of them. And you know, society is partially to blame. Like, granted, everything is a choice and you should be able to make your own choices. But when you look at the past couple of covers of, I don't know, Cosmopolitan magazine that say this is healthy and it's a woman that is morbidly obese on the cover and then things like this happen and you get these people that are being paid money by companies to tell you that being that size is healthy and is totally okay, and then they themselves are dying from complications from being obese. Today I got the big fruit loop. He's dead. He is. That was a guy. His name, he's a TikTok star. He went by Waffler69. He died of a heart attack, according to his brother. He was 33 years old. Oh, oh. my God. You ready to get supersized? She died too. That's the owner of the salon that had supersized salon. And you see more and more television shows like this oh on God. Lifetime and Bravo and things like that. My, my 600 pound life. My 600 pound life. And then the 1,000 pound sisters, which by the way, have lost a ton of weight. They actually had surgery and lost a bunch of weight. Are they still drinking sodies? Uh, you know, I saw that episode. Um, I don't Sodies. know if they are or not, but isn't that insane that this is... And well, you I mean, have little girls that... that there's. Extremes are bad either way. You know, nobody wants anyone to have an eating disorder and weigh 35 pounds and mm-hmm. look in the mirror and still think of themselves as fat. But I saw an old episode the other day of America's Next Top Model, and I feel like society did that to us, where it's Tyra Banks sitting at the front with all of the other people from the modeling industry, and this girl walks up, and she's a teenager. She's 16. She is so tiny, and Tyra says to her, what does it feel to be the only plus-size model here? And I thought... That girl is considered yeah, plus size. Those people, that's just that's wrong. You know what? How dare you? You don't know me. You have no idea where I come from, where I've been, how long I've been there, what I had to do to get from where I was to where I am now. 
Nobody's saying you have to look like a 21-year-old supermodel, but the next time you're kind of swept up with this whole movement that being obese is totally okay, please keep in mind that all of these social media influencers have all died under the age of 45. Just because I'm fat, that doesn't invalidate the things that I say. She died. Do you think this is going to be one of those things that we look back and go, wow, I can't believe we promoted such an unhealthy thing. Like, you remember the old smoking commercials? Nine out of ten doctors prefer camels. Yep. You know, now we look back, we're like, how could we have ever done that? The lung disease. I feel so John Lennon right now. I just wonder, what would it be a world like where you can't lie? Just like the Liar Liar, the movie with Jim Carrey. Yeah. What would the world be like if you couldn't lie about anything? It'd be hilarious because the insults would be endless. Yeah, but I mean, it, it would be the way of life. Right. It, it would. I would you would have to, a tough skin and you would just learn to deal with stuff. And, and I think it would be calming because if you can trust that you're not going to be lied to every 10 seconds. And you know whatever you're hearing is true. It's true. Um, I think it changes the world. And if you're oh, willing to take on that responsibility and accept what is said to you. Yeah. Even though it's the well, truth it's choice, and it might yeah. hurt you. No, but I'm saying yeah, yeah. you have to accept what's said to you because it's the truth and you just have to figure out a way to deal with it. You're right. Wouldn't that give you some sort of faith in the world again that Absolutely. at least you're not having the wool pulled over your eyes? No, because we live right now. Lying has become a tool of, of everyday life. I mean, it's just something people use. I mean, when Jillian Michaels, and I, I've referenced her twice today, one was for the other subject, but this one, because she was a trainer, it still is a trainer, and has degrees in health and fitness and she came out years ago talking about what Lizzo is doing is dangerous telling young girls that being that overweight is okay and there's nothing wrong with being that overweight she said she's setting these girls up for a lifetime of heart disease diabetes it's biological it's science it is dangerous and she got called a fat shamer and you can call it whatever you a fat phobic if you want to add the word phobic on the end of everything that you read that you disagree with go right ahead if that's your mechanism to cope with things because you can't handle the truth yeah no, it's you're like right. Dave Chappelle was saying everything's either one extreme or the other. You know, you can't say being overweight is unhealthy without being, oh, you just hate fat people. It's like, no, I used to be one for a while. Like, it's not, it's, you don't have to look down on somebody to say, hey, maybe that's not the best idea. Well, I, we had somebody write into the show and they were totally honest. They said, look, I am overweight. They said, I don't blame other people for me being overweight. I don't sit there and try to excuse it away. I'm the one that got myself into this position. I know exactly what I did to make myself overweight. And I know every choice that I made was just that, my choice. And I know what I need to do to lose the weight. And if I don't do it, that's on me. Yep. Yeah. It's it's, Nobody uh, wants to take responsibility for themselves anymore. No, it's it's true. People don't have... uh, Stop whining. (laughs) Your kids are soft. You lack discipline. That's it. Nobody's got discipline. So like this woman right here, she doesn't want to take responsibility for the fact that on New Year's Eve, she ordered a drink that was $2,300. Girl, you don't look at the menu. $2,300? She was staying at a five-star hotel in London. She ordered a cocktail that she thought cost 18 pounds, which is just over $23. It turns out that the menu had no decimal point. Oh. And the cost was $1,800. 1,890 pounds, which is just over $2,000, about $2,300 when the the bill came. Her partner was so mad. Um, It wasn't the first time it happened. They didn't charge her. The bartender, who was new, had to go through retraining, because apparently when someone orders this drink, you're supposed to remind them, hey, 
this happened to me. And this, it, you can get into a sticky situation. We were over at a restaurant over in Disney Springs, had been there a million times. Mm-hmm. And when we went there, we always order a split of the Prosecco. Each person, if you're getting Prosecco to have like mimosas and a little split is $10. So we knew that. So we go to order. She said, uh, what would you like? We said, can we have the little split of the Prosecco? She goes, well, we're out of the such and such brand, but we have this other brand. And we were like, okay, cool. She failed to tell us that the split that she promoted and said, oh, we have this one was $50 a split. Oh, man. So we had had maybe four. There's four or five of us at the table. Everyone ordered a split. So when we got the bill, we're like, why is the bill so high? So when we broke it down, we looked at it. My mother wasn't having it, which rightfully so. So my mom's like, come here. It didn't dawn on you to say, hey, the split you went to order was $10, but the one I just suggested to replace it is $50. Is that okay? That didn't that didn't dawn on you. What did she say? Well, the server was mortified. She was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That's my fault. Let me go get the manager. So the manager comes over and was like, well, we don't like to say that to our customers because it makes them feel bad. It makes them feel like we think they can't afford it. And I'm like, bitch, I can't afford it. <laughs> That's the whole reason I'm $50 upset. $50 a split? Get out of here. Right in between, uh, between ouch and boing. Wow. Make anybody want to go into dry January, which is for some people... Dry January, they're very strict. They don't drink anything during the month of January. And other people will have an excuse like, I'll drink, I won't drink during the week. I'll just drink on the weekend. And that's their version of maybe cutting back for the month. But I'll then cut they, down on my work beers if I have to. But then there'll be like an event and it'll be like, we'll accept for this or accept for that. And so we're just going to call it what it is. And it's going to be called damp January. Are you having trouble committing to dry January? Then practice semi-sobriety during damp January and abstain from alcohol on weekdays, except Fridays and Thursday. It's trivia night at the brewery. Monday night football is over, so no Monday night beverages during damp January, except for next Monday during the college football championship. On weekends, no drinking before 2 p.m., with the exception of post-pickleball beers, or if you're playing golf or at Sunday brunch. It's not technically brunch without a mimosa, but no Bloody Marys, unless they're complimentary, in which case you've already paid for it. Face it, you overindulged during the holidays, so it's time for damp January. Start now, or at least after you finish the uncorked Christmas wine. It goes bad after a week, so best polish that off first. I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Now, stupid news on the Rick Stacy Morning Show. Somebody do something stupid! With Jill and Smokestack. Alrighty, let's see where we are. Did you know that your belly button needs to be cleaned? I don't have to worry about it, I lost mine. I cleaned mine up, but mine's kind of hard because I have a big scar in there from my surgery. Well, that's, that's what I have. But the thing is, is that somehow when they closed, they forgot to make it a belly button again. I, I remember. They went to clean up and looked at the tray and went, oh, geez, nobody attached this back on. Do you remember that whole debacle where Rick r- realized he had no belly button? And we were like, what? Why aren't you suing? Yeah. Oh, that's... Have them put it back. Oh, you tried. And they said it was cosmetic only or something? No, I. I they no, said, like, I, well, I, it's not necessary for you to have one. Sucks to suck. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I called them and and they kind of like wrote it off like it's no big deal. No, but didn't they offer to put it back on and you didn't want to go through the hassle or something? You're like, eh, whatever. I don't remember. We can tattoo one on you. I mean, if at the very least. Right? You know, give me a uh, one of those, you know, it's like an illusion of you a hole. You draw it on with a magic marker? 
Well, this doctor, Dr. Sermed Merzer, mm. uh, is warning people that if you don't clean out the navel, there could be a grotesque buildup of debris in there in his mm-hmm. YouTube video that he just put out. Debris? Yeah, you see bits of clothing, hairs, random bits of skin get stuck in there, yeah, and then they all it. they all gel together and get compacted oh, into God. the little hole. Uh, Messer says he goes on to heart. He says there's horrifying things that can happen. They can get easily infected, and supposing this is the case in the actual photo he shows on the YouTube. Oh, my God, it's awful. The doc also recommends people start cleaning their belly buttons better and add that you can also do it with a Q-tip. Don't be afraid of the Q-tip. Yeah. You're oh. not going to poke a hole in yourself like the... The doughboy. I mean, don't push too hard, but oh, clean but it out. All the goo in there. Don't you? Don't you? Do you guys not use soap and water inside your belly button? Like when you wash the I rest don't of your have body? one. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you don't have to scrub one out. I've done the the Q-tip before, but also like mine's not so much of an any that I, you know, the lint just falls out. All right. Speaking of orifices, oh, uh, twenty twenty three in review. We get a lot of these lists right now because it is a new year and everybody has to put one out. You know, every every website that out there has one. This one's interesting. It's peop- what people got stuck in their dongs. I mean, hold up. Because yesterday we did... <laughs> Wait, what? What people got stuck in their throats. Right. And well. I'm sure coming up will be what people got stuck in their bums, because that's a thing. But, um, I mean, I don't have one, so I, I'm speaking out of turn here. Is it easy to fit something in there? No, no, <laughs> no. That is an exit-only orifice. I can't imagine why anybody would do this, but the emergency rooms around America keep detailed records of people that come in there, men, of course, um, what is a man, uh, that end up with something stuck in their, in their, there, in, right in there. Just it's got how, a me- It's got a medical name, doesn't it? Uh, horrifying? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, here's some of the things. Phone charger. What? Why? How do you, it doesn't matter which end you start from, that's. You can't still plug bad. that in, though. Dude, I don't know. I'm just reading it. Rolled up Band-Aids. Uh, okay. One guy came to the emergency room with a crayon still sticking out. Oh, that's not right. No. Plastic <laughs> plastic spork. Oh, oh uh-huh. this gets worse. A straw. <laughs> you can't a drink fo- from it, and you can't draw with it. Go on. A oh, folded gosh. dollar bill. Oh. A yellow chain. A dollar bill. A screwdriver. Ah. A, a knife handle. And oh. the tip of a condiment bottle. Uh, what? Wait, what? Like a ketchup squeezer? By the way, I, most of the patients stated they were drunk for two days or more. You'd have to be. Uh, why? 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 Yeah, why? T- why? Tomorrow why will be. Vijayjays uh, will be covering that tomorrow. Same same magazine. Oh I don't know where it's coming God. from. Oh, my gosh. You, that. There's no. I know. Amount of like, do you think that feels good? I don't know. It's stuff Rick finds while surfing on the internet. I don't know. On the internet. On the internet. He may spend too much time on the internet, but he finds something strange and new each day. All right. First item up for grabs here. Speaking of, uh, you know. Hang on. Let me wash my ears first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We talk about cockroaches all the time being in your food and uh-huh. there's a certain amount that they allow the FDA allows in your food yeah the USDA. like it's unavoidable pests what are you gonna do yeah there's also other stuff they allow to be in food to a certain extent I mean not that it's in any way dangerous to you but uh, one of them is feces wait like like bug feces no like poop poop like actual like actual poop yeah there's no food that you eat well I'll let this guy tell you the percentage of human poop the FDA allows in our food isn't zero. 
The percentage of human poop the FDA allows in our food isn't zero. The percentage of human poop the FDA allows in our food isn't zero. The percentage of human poop they allow in our food isn't zero. I get it. I'm with him. Uh, good reporter. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's uh, that's bad. All right, New York City. I oh, live. Wow. I grew you up can there. Have one milligram of excrement per pound of food. <laughs> okay, that's uh, you know, wow. Anyway, New York City, much like here, uh, they have a the cable channel. It was Warner Cable in New York. It's New York One is the name of the news station, for the lack of a better term. It's the cable news. Uh-huh. It's like Spectrum. We have Spectrum. What? What? what Thirteen. Uh, news Thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the cable company's news. So they don't invest a lot into that, although they have that mega Doppler, three billion sky limited, you know, warfare right. radar. But uh, if you look at it, it isn't like the top echelon of, of newscasters. It's sort of like, you know, it's the TJ Maxx of, of news. Don't you be talking bad about no TJ Maxx. I will well, slap that out of your mouth. It's not Nordstrom's. But Channel One in New York kind of save a little money. So instead of having real people do the news, which probably you can't tell much, uh, they have AI. They look real. They sound real. They're not there. It's terrifying video because it looks so legitimate. No. Here, here it is. Hello, and welcome to Channel One, a new way of consuming, reporting, and thinking about the news powered by artificial intelligence, all presented by our team of AI-generated reporters. Maybe you hear the words artificial intelligence and you're immediately skeptical or concerned about technology gone crazy. But everything you'll see on Channel One relies on trusted sources and fact-checking. Let's start with our reporters. You can hear us and see our lips moving. But no one was recorded saying what we're all saying. I'm powered by sophisticated systems behind the scenes. And I can speak in any language. Ya paradigma, aftid istigmi milaw stylinika. O kung pinapanood mo ako mula sa Maynila, marunong akong magsalita ng Filipino. Yan ang kumtamur pa sa tiriyum indoningal yugi tirkamartir kay indonan nambugirin. Alright, I'm frightened. <laughs> it, it, watch the video. Yeah. If you can find the video, look at the video because that's the terrifying part when you see it match up and how real it looks. It's not like the janky deep fake stuff that you find on YouTube. Like, this is somebody with money who's going, actually, if we cut out all these people's salaries... Look what we could do. So are they actually going to talk about news stories or are they still going to talk about your grandmother's oatmeal cookie recipe? I don't know, but I think it's definitely going to be harder to discern truth from fact because you won't have that. You know, you can tell when some people are lying and you can tell when they're full of it and when they hesitate. And Kareen Jean-Pierre goes, right, right, you guys, right? You believe me? I mean, they don't have to do that. (laughs) All right. Jerry Seinfeld's been doing this show for quite a while. Comedians in cars getting coffee. I didn't probably seen it. You know, even by accident, but right. uh, Jerry, somebody got on BuzzFeed, this reporter, and started uh, complaining about Jerry Seinfeld not having any diversity on the show Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Oh, God. So Jerry Seinfeld responded to that reporter. I have noticed that most of the guests are mostly white males of 22 episodes. Yeah, that let's had. get into that. No, I, <laughs> but, but you, you take a look over here, Peter. What do you see? A lot of, a lot of whiteies. Oh, this really pisses me off. But oh, go no, ahead. No, no, no. I, 
<laughs> really pisses me off. People think it's it's the census or something. I mean, this has got to <laughs> represent the the actual pie chart of, of of America. Who cares? It's just funny, you know. Funny is is the is the world that I live in. You're funny. I'm interested. You're not funny. I'm not interested. Okay. And and I have no interest in gender or race or anything like that. But everyone else is kind of with their little calculating. Is this the exact right mix? You know, uh, I, I think that's, uh, to me, it's anti-comedy. It is. And finally, in Fort Wayne, Indiana, they have a little conundrum going on. Uh, they've named streets after this uh, former mayor. They've named some other, you know, buildings and stuff. But they're having a little problem now because this is probably one of the biggest buildings in Fort Wayne, Indiana that's gone up in a long time. And they want to name it after this famous mayor. Okay. Very honored mayor. Did a lot for the city. A lot for the city. There's only one little problem. And see if you can figure out what the problem is. Here, listen in. A former Fort Wayne mayor is getting some national attention. Thousands of people voted online to name the new city-county building in his honor. But that probably won't happen because of his name. News Channel 15's Don Austin is here to explain. Well, Heather, Mark, the people voted, and the top pick so far with more than 10,000 votes is the Harry Balls Government Center, named after one of the city's longest-serving mayors. But not everyone's on board with that name. Don't make me laugh. Well, Harry Bales apparently was a great mayor. That's what I'm hearing. If you, re if you read the comments, actually, people are very serious about what he did as mayor. Um, the family was, you know, it's part of our history. I think it's part of the history we're proud of. To pick the new name for the building, people went over to feedbackfortwayne.org. They made suggestions and voted. The overwhelming front runner was the Harry Balls Government Center. Harry Balls was the mayor of Fort Wayne back in the 1930s and 40s. He even served a term in the 1950s. We have a street named after Harry Balls. So what's the big deal about naming the new city-county government building after him? I feel that it'd be an honor to have him have the building named after him and so many people have voted for it i say let the people have the say but this isn't an election where the person with the most votes wins we want to look at something that reflects both the city and the county so you know we're looking for something that isn't just a mayor for ex for example it's stuff rick finds while surfing on the Good internet on oh, the harry internet, balls harry on balls. the internet he may spend too much time on the internet, but he finds something strange and new each day. Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Spokestack. I'm not always like this in the morning. On 105.9 Sunny FM. I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I talk honestly about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts.